How about that cigar? How about that cigar? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode 118 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube. We are grateful that you are spending the evening with us. We have a great show coming up. Uh, and as always, we also want to say thank you to the audio listeners listening after the fact when you drive down the road, work out, whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, as always, from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And guys, let's talk about this great event, DE25. This year marks the 25th anniversary of Drew Estate and the rebirth of cigars movement. To celebrate this momentous occasion, the company is inviting you to its epic blowout birthday bash entitled DE25. DE25 will be held on September 25th at the South Fork Ranch in Parker, Texas. The DE25 celebration will include the unveiling of Drew Estate's newest brands with a first-to-experience approach for consumers and trade partners together. The DE25 extravaganza will begin at 2 p.m. with a tailgate pre-party. Attendees will enjoy appetizers, Drew Estate brand sensory activations and other new experiences that the company is planning to roll out exclusively for the event all while savoring their favorite drew estate cigars the celebration will ramp up at 6 p.m when guests are invited inside the beautiful event space for the full monty experience including live music performances a full dinner Lots of great spirits and even more Drew Estate swag and cigars. During DE25, Drew Estate will debut its new major brand releases, as well as several new cigar sizes to existing brands, giving guests the exclusive opportunity to be the first to see, touch, and smoke them. Touch. For more information, please visit DrewEstate.com slash DE25. And again, we are so grateful you're watching us live on episode 118. I know it's bonkers. Episode what? 118. It feels like just yesterday it was episode 117. I know. No, it was just like a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, guys, as you know, we did not have a live regular Monday night show last week because we were covering the big PCA trade show in Las Vegas. Thank you so much for watching all the coverage the, we did. The what now? Uh, the it was a it was a show like a it was like a trade show where people like some people sell cigars, other people buy cigars, and we're going to talk about it a little I, bit tonight. I heard about just, that just a little bit. Um, so we always talk a little bit about the Minnesota twins. It'll be a really short conversation. They suck. Um, even, you know, they're winning a game here and a game there, but can't get to 500. So they're in the bottom six of all of major league baseball. So would you say they're irrelevant? Uh, I, <laughs> uh, they, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off comment on that. I'm going to hold off comment on that. So I, I do actually, on a personal note, um, I want to say thank you to um, friends and family because this, so uh, some of you guys know that the actual first day of the, uh, of PCA, uh, July 9th was my 50th birthday. And it was, you know, really cool. A lot of, a, a few people gave me a nice birthday greeting in Vegas and, and it was great. And then, I got home uh, and it's the first time I've been away from my family, you know, my wife and kids for my birthday pretty much ever since my wife and I've been married. So then when I got home from Vegas um, Saturday, literally out of the blue, I come home and Garrett helped my wife plan it and a bunch of other family members helped. And I, I show up at home uh, and 
uh, walk in the house to a huge surprise party filled with people. And my wife had worked with Garrett and a, a retailer friend of ours to help put together this cigar bar outside. And it was just it was incredible. I'm extremely uh, grateful to my friends and family for helping put that together. We just literally sat and ate great food and uh, smoked cigars outside in this beautiful weather. So yeah. thank you for that. It was it was honestly a great time. Well, it was funny because so we were uh, his wife and I were texting back and forth and it felt a little weird <laughs> at times because, you know, when you're friends, you like show each other funny videos or or whatever on your phone. I was nervous about it. Like she was going to message <laughs> at the moment I was showing him a TikTok or oh. a funny meme or something. Awkward. Yeah. Oh, by the way, here's this funny TikTok. And why is my wife texting you right now? <laughs> awkward <laughs> so yeah that's uh that didn't happen fortunately no. uh but no it was uh there was almost one thing that happened that gave it away but it really i i wasn't really convinced that anything was you know happening so it was a great uh it was a great party and a good time and uh a box of uh a, a box of arturo fuente don carlos never hurts mm -hmm. so we 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 opened the box and shared a bunch of cigars and and uh, even some people who don't normally partake in premium cigars tried it out. And I think we may have some, may have some converts. I don't know. We'll oh, see. dude. I, and it was so great. So while we were kind of setting up the cigar bar, Matt's wife said, what do you think Matt would do if he just came down here and he saw me smoking a cigar? Said he would probably pick you up and immediately take you upstairs. True story. True story. The, that would happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Almost did happen. Yeah. Anyway. Hi, welcome oh, to How About That Cigar. Yeah. So, uh, guys, like I said, we have a great show tonight. So, as we said, the PCA trade show just happened, and we uh, there was a lot of great stuff. There was some not-so-great stuff that happened at the show, and we wanted to bring some people on to talk about it tonight. So, we have our main segment of the evening with our guests coming up right now. And as always, on How About That Cigar Live... You know that our guests are brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, first on the roster this evening, if you would please, Welcome to episode 118 of How About That Cigar Live from the Smoking Tobacco Show. Matt and Nicole, welcome to How About That Cigar Live. Hey, everyone. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for having us on here. It's it's quite the honor um, to be here on How About That Cigar. How about how about that cigar? How about that cigar? How about it? Well, we are, we're grateful to have you guys yeah. on. It was uh, it was a real treat getting to meet you guys in Vegas finally, and uh, you know we're there was. We all saw and heard so many interesting things go on at the trade show, and we're excited to kind of, you know, kind of dissect some of those things and talk about the good, the bad, and everything else in between. So, well, and I can't wait to tell a story that actually I didn't even tell you yet. Oh, nice! I love new stories because you weren't at the night 
that we hung out at the with uh, <laughs> oh, the media I, compound. I was at not the there I, that that night. I stayed back because I wanted to be in the air conditioning that night. Oh, so dude. I stayed. I stayed. I was too tired. We've so got a good one. But let's uh, let's bring on our other member of this evening's guest panel. You know him. You love him from Cigar Hustler and a Cigar Hustlers podcast. Mike Shepenkevich, welcome to How About That Cigar Live. What's up, guys? How are you? What's up? We are loving life so much. And Mike, this is your second appearance on the show. Ooh. And the, your first appearance on the show was all the way back at episode 26 Damn, in September say, of 2019. Only, it's only been two. You know, that's crazy. You yeah, know, so, I, before we get into it, I just want to say you guys are a lot taller in person than I thought originally. I mean, what the hell are you guys drinking over there? So I mean, what's I'm in the water? Slasher, so I do the gangster lean. Thing. Yeah, I see that. I mean, <laughs> from this video, you think you're a couple of midgets, but you know, when I meet you, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, hey Matt, hey, what, what the hell's going on here? Any stilts or something? Listen, well, they are they are some big boys. Right? Now, now that I hit fifty, uh, I think I'm the average is I'm going to lose like a quarter inch of height every year. Really? Point so. You're 50. I drink bourbon, so maybe that I don't know if that makes me tall. I didn't start drinking it though until I was uh well 21 because you're not allowed to drink till you're 21. I didn't have any alcohol before I was 21 because that would oh, be that would be super illegal. That would be wrong. And very yeah. wrong. So. I totally agree. And we all nobody breaks the law. No. Nobody, nobody. Absolutely not. So let's <laughs> before we get into the uh into the deep dive that is the PCA trade show this year. Uh, let's just go around and uh, start with Nicole and find out what everybody is smoking. And if you have a, a lovely beverage to go along with your cigar, let us know what you're drinking as well. Um, I am smoking the McAuliffe A tonight. Very nice. Very favorites. nice. I have no beverage. That's all right. No beverage <laughs> necessary. So uh, I got the uh, Undercrown 10 from Drew Estate. Very nice. Very nice. Mike, what do you got on the uh, on the fire? Well, I got the Postania Warbear, mm -hmm. and then I have uh, I have backup plans for Guaymaro and the uh, Neanderthal LH. And, oh, know, that that LH is such a great size in that so blend. So good. Yeah, I just don't want to you know catch myself without a cigar on how about that cigar? And then for for drinks, I'm having delicious Crystal Light. Yes. Very nice. And, uh, and the bang to keep the tempo going. <laughs> You know, I was hoping that you wouldn't let us down. You would have a bang energy drink somewhere on the now table. It's now it's a party. I strive to never disappoint. I just want you to know. So I'm aiming. So Garrett is smoking this lovely. Uh, what is what is that cigar? I just, I, it's so weird. I don't recognize it at all. Well, I feel like playing Dungeons and Dragons when I have this cigar because <laughs> it's called the Paladin. It is from Dunbarton Tobacco. Yeah, Trust. so that is the Paladin de Saka. The uh, Sin Compromiso Paladin de Saka. And I have, oh, and Garrett's drinking some lovely bubbly water. Buble water? Bubbly water? Buble water. I'm smoking this beautiful oh. cigar that Mike can tell us a little bit about. This is called the Bangarang. Yes. And it is, uh, it's very nice so far. So just, just give us a quick little scoop on this cigar, Mike. It's, you know, it's important to, to kind of always kind of be relevant when you're when you're making product right and i think that it's really easy to, to fall to the wayside when you only produce one or two things a year so you know postana is at its kind of capacity i didn't do that intentionally i just want you to know 
That was totally unintended. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to hold it inside. It's all good. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, relevancy is very, is very important. Um, so I wanted to make a couple things with some friends of mine and do some small runs, uh, 5,000 stick runs, and release them to the retailers that, that we work with. And, um, you know, kind of still kind of play and, and, and play to the strengths of some of these other factories, uh, but still keep Postania intact with its, you know, being sound and, and from Nika Sueno. So, yeah. Um, that's, so that's what I did. You know, I, I talked to a couple of guys that I respect in the industry without going too far into detail because it's still a little premature. Um, and that's one of them. So, now, I, is know, that going to be a shop exclusive? What is the, no, what is I don't, the plan? I don't make anything that's a shop exclusive. I just don't believe in that for me. Um, it just I have too many friends that are retailers, you know, and I want to take care of everybody. So if it means hurting my margin on, you know, or making more profit long term, I want to make sure that everybody else is okay. So, and that everybody can kind of, you know, get another shot in the arm with something exciting. So I've kind of lived by that this whole time, and I'm going to continue to live by that. And it, it kind of is what it is. So, it's, well, it's it's. Uh, it, I just started smoking it, and it's. I mean, you can see, you know, the burn line is pretty much spectacular, uh, and it tastes very nice right off the bat. So, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I was I was really happy with it. So, thank you for Enjoy. that. Uh, and and it's. Uh, so we're going right into you know the the PCA stuff, but I, we actually so Garrett and I, uh, real quick guys. From our last episode, episode 117, we had a giveaway and we said we were going to choose randomly choose the number uh, while we were at PCA. And PCA was so insane. There was so much stuff going on uh, that and I we... Would, and I would say, oh, we got to do the thing. And then you'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, so we'll do it later. And then, Matt, we got to do the thing. And then, yeah, it was just so nuts. Yeah, so... Tonight, while we're on the show live, I've got the spreadsheet with the names, and I'll, I'm going to run the random number generator on the Google machine, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get it. <laughs> we're not, we haven't got to this contest yet, Skip. Just, it's okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. That, we, and we've already done that. And we've already done that one. So, <laughs> you know, we've already done that one, but right. it's, it's, but it's all, it. it's always a good answer though. It's never, it honestly, it, in some ways it's never the wrong answer. Yeah. yeah. It just may not be the most right answer for, I think it's my second, favorite, given night. second favorite answer. My first favorite was Carlito. His first guess was strip club. Yeah. Right. Carlitos. It, it was yeah. Car, Carlito Fuente, you know, this 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 classy elegant gentleman of the cigar world his first guess was strip club i was like my man right out of the gate that's just he's just yeah he's he's not holding anything back and i actually looked for statistics on people that die in a strip club can you believe that there's no uh, official metric for that i oh, i yeah. believe that who would want that you know that data it's like disney data no it's going to be hard to look up you know they're just going to scoot them out the back and say, I don't know. We found them like this. It makes sense. All right. So, oh, sorry. Okay. Here, you should do this live. Can you share this out and do it so they know we're not cheating? Uh, sure. All right. Real quick, guys. Let's get this. Do it. Let's do this. So, and what we're giving away is a five pack 
of the Camacho Liberty 21s. Yes. So the, uh, the and they're honestly, we've we've smoked a couple of them already, each of us. And uh, out of the out of the iterations of the Camacho Liberty blend from the last few years, I honestly think it's the best Camacho Liberty that they've that they've released. So uh, very nice. So we have our uh, we, we actually didn't have a lot of entrance. So there's a good chance here. So here's the spreadsheet. Your chance Everybody can see the spreadsheet right here. 16. And here's the generator. And I'm clicking right now. The number is 14. The line on the spreadsheet 14 is Jim Verteen. So, Jim, I will reach out to you for your actually you're local. So I'm going to bring them to you. You're in the Minnesota area. Uh, so I will get those cigars to you. Thank you so much, as always, for watching. How about that cigar live? And congratulations on the big win. So, all right, let's get into this wonderful world of the PCA trade show. Um, so I'm going to start with the let's start with the good. So um so for for us it was our first trade show as how about that cigar that we covered. I had been to previous trade shows, our first PCA. Our first sorry, our first PCA trade show. Um and uh, I had been to previous PCA trade shows. This was Garrett's first PCA trade show. Um so it definitely different than what it had been in the past. But for Matt and Nicole, you guys, was this your first PCA trade show? Yes, at yes. Smoke Tobacco, yeah. So what were your, just just a quick synopsis, like your overall impression of the look and the feel and kind of the, the attitude and the vibe around the trade show? Well, I mean, the trade show itself was small um, and you know, obviously there was a lot of people who weren't there. So, um, which is a whole nother thing, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was smaller than, you know, years past, obviously. So our, our game plan, I guess, as you know, what our agenda was, was going into it, um, trying to be as organized as we could and have our appointments and to, for our interviews and all of our stuff we had to do. And, you know, I knew it was going to be smaller than years past or whatever, you know, and we, we had the whole, we had the floor map and everything. And, uh, when we, I think when we all got there, I think it even for like Coop and everyone else, like I feel like it was like wow, it's even smaller than I thought um, it was going to be. Which I guess for us, it was a lot easier to cover most of the trade show floor. We 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 didn't get a hundred percent obviously because it was busy and um, you know those stuff going on, but it was I think easier than I expected. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it was easy to maneuver around. We had talked to a lot of people. Um, you know, and they had explained how there are multiple halls in the past and, you know, the actual footprint a lot smaller. There were smaller booths manufacturers scaled down yeah. um, for this trade show. But the vibe was great. I feel like tons yeah. of business was going on. Um, and a lot of the manufacturers enjoyed that, that it was kind of smaller because they felt like they could be more of a focal point for a certain. Yeah. Retailers. I think it made it a little bit more intimate because, you know, even like. Like she said, like the people who did go, like the booths were smaller. So, um, you know, when people came by, it was, you know, they weren't getting trapped in this giant booth. It was like a little smaller. You were right in there. Um, everyone was obviously a little bit closer together then, too. So uh, it made navigating the show easy. Um, yeah. You know, going from person to person and all that. Um, the booths weren't, for the most part, they weren't too elaborate, which also made it a little bit easier to just kind of get in there and you know, just 
work, you know, what you had to do. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, you know, it was still busy for us, for the retailers who went to buy, for the manufacturers who were there to sell. Um, so I think that, that was a success. That's kind of what I expected it to be really busy and cranking and which was good. Yeah, that's always good. Busy is good. Um, it's probably not as attended as years in the past, but I would say all things considered, uh, especially for a show that was put together in a hundred days, right. uh, which, which is, you know, a, an impressive feat in itself. You know, people can say what they want about the little details of the show, but the reality is the show came together in a hundred days. It happened. A lot of people still were there and it was still busy, which is, it's always a good thing. Yeah. Well, and before, before we get Mike's take on the same question, uh, Nicole, I'm going to ask if you could hold your ring finger up to the camera for us. And we got to say congratulations. You guys, you guys Thank actually you. got engaged at the trade show. So congratulations. That's, that's pretty we awesome. Did. We did. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think Hoop said we might be the first uh, cigar people to get engaged at the trade show. I think it's awesome. I, I yeah. yeah, we we say congratulations and and it's uh honestly it's a great spot to do it surrounded by a lot of great people and uh, so we're we're uh we're excited for you guys. And there may Thank or you. may not be a cigar wedding the week of the trade show next year in true. Vegas. So. It's very very true. So uh yeah. More to come. <laughs> it, it's not official yet, but I'm just giving you guys the heads up be prepared next year to to bring some some party time too because right on. You know, Right on. So, shit might be going down. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Okay. <laughs> it's all good. So, uh, so Mike, give us, uh, give us your take on the same thing. You know, as far as just the because you've you've been to quite a few PCA uh, IPCPR trade shows in the past, and one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on the show is because you you have a couple different hats that you wear. You've got the retailer hat, but you also do the podcast. So you. Um, yeah. Although you, sometimes you say you're not cigar media, you still you still kind of do have that that pulse of you know knowing all the stuff that's going on in the industry. So, yeah. so what was what was your what was your general experience from this trade show this year? Um, well, I mean, for me in the past, whenever I would go to PCA, it was always extremely humbling. You know, no matter how how much progress you were making in the industry or how you know how business was growing or whatever the case may be, when you went in. You're like, all right, I, I'm not, I ain't shit, you know, like, holy moly, these guys are, they're monsters, right? So it was always a humbling experience. This year, uh, it wasn't humbling at all. It was actually, to me, it was really, really sad. And um, it, it, and I understand that some of those guys made some money, but it's like, th there were a lot of big guys that weren't there. There were a lot of mid guys that weren't there. So it's like, you know, you're having, it's like having the Minnesota Twins play against the Pee Wee team. You know, you know, they're going to crush. I know they're doing terrible now. And now I got the update, but you know, it, that's, that's how I, how it kind of felt. You know, it was cool in the fact that I could talk to everybody. I've never had a conversation with George Padrone at PCA. You know, I've talked to them outside the lounge. I'm sure that he doesn't really remember me. You know, I don't think I'm really that relevant, but, <laughs> um, you know, and you could, you know, you could approach Pete Johnson. He was there. Obviously, Saka was there. You know, these guys were more accessible at this show because of the overall attendance was definitely down, right? Yeah. Uh, the retailers that I think went there are retailers that were going to buy. They were going to buy at the show. They were going to buy if they were if there wasn't a show. You know, th those guys. I think a lot of them. You didn't have your a lot of your hey, you know, 
Uh, I'm just trying to see what's up. I'm trying to meet people and, and really kind of like, I've, I didn't meet anybody, you know, at this show, which was kind of unique, you know, like as far as a new retailer, somebody who was kind of, was really kind of getting into it. Usually that happens, you know, about 20 or 30 times on a regular PCA show. And that's like, you get kind of excited for that. You know, I did see new brokers, which was, which was interesting for certain, uh, for certain companies, which, you know, uh, it was kind of cool to see, to see that youth kind of come in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and there also wasn't a, a lot of new cigars, obviously COVID caused that problem, you know? Um, so yeah, you know, to me, it was cool to catch up with some people because it's always an opportunity to, I mean, to meet you guys in person, realizing that I need a step stool when I'm around you. is kind of nice. Um, you know, well, it's not like it's not like Terrence Riley or Omar DeFrias. Oh you know, it's, we're we're not we're not in that league. Well, you're close to Terrence. I feel like you're close to Terrence. No, I'm not. He's got he's got a good he's four a inches of height on me. I'm a, I'm going to request a back to back next time. <laughs> there there are so many tall people in the industry. Is there like a cigar basketball league like that can be? There found? should be. Like- there's, a lot of big, there's a lot of big guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's also some of the basketball players that do like are their, in the, their, yeah. their special events or their special edition cigars with like Luciano and guys like that. So. Yeah. Well, um, man, I'm drawing a blank with La Aurora. Um, Carmelone. Carmelone. Yeah, he's a kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really yeah. up on my MBA. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, you're right. So, but yeah, for me, it was, I mean, oh God, yeah. you know, I hate to see it like that. You know, I right. hate to, you know, but I think it's so many different combinations of things. And I really feel like conventions in them within themselves are really kind of dying, you know, yeah. on top of everything else that's going on, you know, PCA got punched in the face probably eight times in the past year. You know, and I really feel like every year you've kind of seen numbers kind of tick down, tick down, tick down, tick down, whether I, you know, and I don't see that data, so I can't acknowledge that or not, but I just see what I see, you know? Yeah. So, um, that's my general take, like snapshot. I walked the entire floor in half a day, Yeah. you know, whereas before as a retailer, if I, you know, you're right. I haven't come as a retailer in a few years, but before when I'd come as a retailer to walk the entire floor would at least take you two days minimum, you know, and you're exhausted and you're beat up and man, it's really cool, but you're done. You know, I was, I was done. I was like, all right, cool. What's for lunch? (laughs) Well, nothing, nothing good. If they were serving it at the, at the trade show venue, the food there was horrible. Yeah. They just had like the one sad truck or whatever the one well they had the, they had the little food court thing in the back though and that was but you get like you, you get you, you get pizza or a burrito bowl or roast pork that's Spoiled. that's pretty much it. it's salad and sandwiches too oh I mean, salad and you, sandwiches too and this to burger place right next to espinosa so yeah my, yeah I, I didn't go to the opening ceremony yada yada thing i wasn't there in time for that but I heard that that was unimpressive too. Like there, you know, a lot of the retailers were like, "Where are the ashtrays? Where can I, you know, well, there's no comfortable place to sit." Um, you know, and I understand and I acknowledge the fact that you know, obviously, it was all put together relatively quickly. You know, but I mean, come on, you know. Well, let me ask you this: Did you see anything in the show that gives you hope for shows in the future? For shows in the future, I'd say no. No, um, you know, what did honestly give me hope at the end was the conflict. I really, I really <laughs> dug that because, you know, as, as crazy as this will sound, but 
a lot of times in this industry, I feel like a lot of people kind of throw their rock and hide their hand, right? They're like, oh, I, I didn't say that. No, no. Well, this was out there, right? Yeah. And there was, there was no unwinding it because you got everybody together at the same time and it was boom. It was this massive explosion, right? So, you know, um, I, don't, I didn't follow everybody afterwards. Obviously, I'm talking about the relevance versus irrelevance people at the yeah. LPCA. Right? Well, 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 so we'll get there. We'll okay. get there. Right. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know what I mean? We're going to do yeah. this in stages. So okay. let's go. Um, back. But so so I'll I'll go back to the day. Actually, the day before the actual show floor opened, which is a long story. And we'll talk about that off the air. But the day before the show floor opened, uh, Garrett and I go in there and watch people doing kind of final setup on their booths and stuff like that. And I even said to Garrett, I said, this kind of looks kind of sad in here. It's really pretty small compared to what I remember it being. Um, and, um, but then the show floor opened the next day and we got, you know, in early, but then when the retailers, when the doors opened to the retailers and the retailers came in and we started going around to our booths, talking to the brand owners and doing our interviews and stuff. Honestly, I was really kind of, you know, I don't want to get cheesy about it, but I was really kind of uh, revitalized. You know, everybody's attitude and the vibe, even though it was a small scale show compared to years past, the vibe was honestly really kind of energizing. And uh, the positivity was really cool. And um, definitely there was, you know, was it was not all puppies and rainbows by any stretch, but there was a good air of positivity that I got from most people. And I understand that people are in a sales mode, so, so you're going to get a little more of that than you normally would in, in you know, just a one-on-one a -on -one conversation. But they're really just, it, it, Garrett and I kind of got this vibe of positivity and uh that made the scale of the show a little bit less um, hard to take, I guess, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, but you're a little further along at this point with How About That Cigar, right? You have really kind of developed. You, you've hung in there, you know, where a lot of other people have quit. You kept building and building and building. And you're, you guys are successful, you know? there had to be some good feeling to finally connect with people that you've never really met in person, you know, and that's a lot of people. And, and not only that, there's gotta be kudos that you got make well, another thing that really makes you feel good when you're there or when you're in any kind of massive outing like that is when people come up to you that you have no idea who they are, but they listen and they watch your show and you're like, Hey man, I love you guys. It's a great show, whatever. You're like, wow, that was really, really cool. So, I mean, it's possible that some of that also could have, you know, made you feel like, all right, we're doing something right. No, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've had those. Oh, that's, that's a hundred percent. Right. And, and honestly it was, um, we, we have so many of those experiences that happened, uh, that happened during the PCA trade show. And it happened with people on the floor, like, like, you know, getting to meet you and Mike for the first time and getting to meet Matt and Nicole for the first time. And so many, um, brand owners that we've only talked to through, through our show or through social media or things like that and being able to meet so many of these people. And then also people that, that, uh, that I had known in the past from previous media experience and getting to see them again. So yeah, that is a hundred percent true that we did already kind of have this, um, silver lining, you know, 
wrapped around the whole thing just because we were, you know, hell or high water. We were just grateful and excited to be finally covering a PCA trade show. Right. Um, so uh, Matt and Nicole, as far as the booths go, the brands, and it doesn't necessarily have to be because they had a lot of cool product or because their booth was really, uh, really nice compared to some crappy booths. What are a couple of the established brands, you know, that you think really put together a good show for the, for themselves as a brand? Go first. I think Fairy Otago. <laughs> I know they didn't have product to pass out, but yeah, you know, Michael Herklotz was there and he was ready to talk about his brand to people. Um, don't want to call it, I guess, established per se, but um, he, he just, he, he brought it. I mean, he, you know, he's, he started his own company. He's taking on Nat Sherman. So um, that was great to see. I think Dunbarton did a great job established brands um his booth was always busy um he always had people in there he had, his team was on point with greeting people when they came in um rocky patel put on a on a nice booth mm-hmm. um pete johnson put on a ni- nice booth there were ton- there were tons of established brands who just yeah i think that uh to, so first to touch on like the herklots thing i mean yeah, he knew a brand, not necessarily established in terms of Ferry Otago, but you know, obviously with the the cloud of Nat Sherman that's kind of attached to that. Um, I would say it was just impressive that you know, even though he didn't have cigars, which was it was disappointing, but it wasn't you know, I guess I'm, I'm, I won't knock him for it. Um, but it was it was impressive to see him still show up, put together a decent booth take the time to be with people and, and just be there and just be accessible and just, you know, do everything he could, even though he didn't have cigars. Um, you know, he had his boxes out on display, which were really nice. Uh, kind of set the tone for what to expect in terms of a cigar that will be inside them. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I would agree, you know, Perdomo, great family, great company. They, they very structured and organized. They seem to put on a good show, you know, Pete Johnson, you know, didn't have big elaborate booth, but he 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 still had it nice. It was simple, but it was nice, and he, he was always busy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I agree. Dumbarton, they did a great job. Saka, you know, their their team was very organized, on point. Um, you know, EP Carrillo, I thought was, was did a pretty good job. Um, always on, you know, they were always organized. Um, it, the the El Septimo booth was one for me that was intriguing because it was their first show. But you know they are an established brand in other countries. Uh, they're new to the United States, but they had um, a lot of people in their booth. Plenty of you know plenty of hands to help. Kristoff uh, did a really good job. A lot of their sales staff was there. You know taking care of everybody. Um, you know you you could see the booths and the brands that. You know, even though like maybe this show was one of those shows that where people had a lot of question marks, uh, yeah. they didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what was going to happen. But you know what? They say, we're going to go. We're going to put in the effort. We'll spend, you know, what we think is a reasonable amount of money. That's still going to be, you know, a quality exhibit um, on, on our behalf. And our team is there and our products are there. And maybe we don't have something new, but we'll showcase what we have. Our team will talk about any questions that people have. Uh, you know, JC Newman, I think it needs to be mentioned. I don't think that gets talked enough. I mean, they, 
had that impressive booth with their their scaled model of the factory, El Relo factory. Uh, okay. 2,000 pieces of cardboard went into making that, which I thought was impressive. And then at the end, I, I, I was told that it was a one-time use, and that was it. So um, it got scrapped after that. But still, uh, you know, a lot of effort there to, to put that together. I mean, that was pretty uh, creative. Um, yeah. You know, uh, just... I think there was a lot of people that did a lot of a, a great job. Um, you know, again, I, I can't stress this enough. You know, some people, you know, maybe their booth wasn't the biggest flashiest, but they still put what they thought would be the right amount of, you know, quality and time into it for a show that maybe they didn't know what to expect. Um, and they worked it well. Now, yeah. having said that, and I'm not trying to get too far ahead, there were booths that you could tell no effort was put into why yeah for so many different reasons you know we don't yeah. know whether they just didn't care they didn't want to be there they just thought like maybe the show is gonna suck we don't want to spend too much money um you know uh, and they packed up early and they left their trash behind uh those booths were a little shameful um right. and, and and i put that in my in my post game report uh, on smoking tobacco.com yeah um because i'm not gonna hide it i mean i i think if if you if you come to the trade show to exhibit at the trade show you should be there from saturday when the show opens to you know tuesday afternoon when the show ends uh to pack up and leave early uh is, is one thing and and i don't i don't agree with it it's another thing to try and like make us make a point and uh leave leave a mess behind and leave a leave a note and yeah. uh have a kind of crazy excuse uh a same booth mind you who you know we approached several different times and didn't even seem interested to greet us and say hi to us and we and they weren't even busy and i just said you know what let's just skip this booth because i don't want to waste my time i don't want to force someone to do an interview who doesn't really care to even be here so yeah i moved i moved right along so that's my take on it well we'll we'll name we'll name names on that in a minute but first i want to get mike's high points so, Mike, what were a couple spots that you saw that that were actually uh, that you think they did a good job, either with product or with presentation or just with general attitude? Um, well, I think that the general attitude is always going to be positive, right? The the sad part, I say that, and the sad part about the statement is that even when it's not positive, it's going to be positive. So. You know, everybody's always I've never, ever had a person say that this was this was the worst show they've ever done. It was it's always been consecutively always, yeah. 10 years in a row, the best show they've ever done as I'm watching attendees drop. So that's always been kind of comical to me. You know, it's it's good to see that they're excited and positive, you know, and I appreciate that to some degree. But, you know, I, you know, whether it had been out of, uh, you know just being flat out upset. I, I also, I also appreciate the guy that's like, fuck this, you know? Uh, so, you know, I, I feel it on, on both ends. Crown uh, yeah. heads booth I thought was, was really, was really well done. It's very basic. They've had this, the similar setup before uh, they had some new products. Um, you know, they did a good job. You know, I, I don't, I would never ever, I don't, I don't think that I would say that I saw any booth where I was like, that isn't who they are. You know, like that isn't like Lorenzo's HPC booth. It was clean. It was simple. It was a display. It worked. You know, Matt Booth, uh, his, his booth was was still boothy. You know, it was still very yeah. boothy. Um, you know, those those things kind of stuck out. You know, obviously Dumbarton was Dumbarton. You know, yeah. he's got he had his black couches. He had a big table there to, for orders and stuff. So you know, all of those things were kind of 
I mean, I thought all the booths were fine. You know, I didn't have any issues with that. My bigger issue is the people that are just that that aren't willing to admit that we have a fucking problem here and it's serious and you know, it needs to be addressed before PCA sinks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. hundred percent. Um, Garrett, what were a couple that you, a couple booths that you just thought were very solid? Well done. I love, I mean, the Placencia for me, I think aesthetically and for the vibe that they uh, gave to the trade show was just classy all around classy they had a you know a jazz band playing. They had um, I mean that super cool little tower thing with the smoke light deal um, that I wish I was still sixteen and dropping acid because that would have been like a really dope little tower to look at you know for like eight hours. Um, uh, so aesthetically, I think uh, Placencia wins it for me. Um, uh, another booth. I, you know, like Matt said, the uh, J.C. Newman that, I mean, the cardboard building that they built was incredible um, with the little kind of museum thing inside uh, was fantastic. Um, Had yeah. I known J.C. Newman was throwing that cardboard away, I would have taken that home for my kids. Are you right. kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, have the have you know? the most kick ass playhouse that if it you know if it breaks it's like who cares it's just cardboard. Yeah, fine. Yeah. You want no, the clock tower? No problem. I agree that the J C Newman for me was the overall winner as far as just uh, the the look and feel of it. It was honestly like, it, and when we did the interview, even it's it's like they give you a little history lesson along with it and and talk also about new product and it, it, it was just well done. They. The, the team at the J.C. Newman booth and even even, uh, you know, sort of their 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 brothers in arms with the Fuente family, they they, they were extremely uh, outgoing and 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 just very well done um, from a product perspective. For me, you know, brands like Ace Prime and Crown Heads, they they had a lot of new product and they were they were building a lot of excitement. Uh, Espinosa had plenty of new products. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they and, and their, their booth was their booth was very simple. I mean, it was just mm -hmm. a backdrop and some tables and and a couple glass cases. It was very simple, but right. they were slammed the entire. I'm honestly, they were slammed uh, until about uh, the really the final day, uh, and um, so those were you know the brands that were really moving a, a lot of product and, and building a lot of excitement as far as I could tell. And I also have to echo what Nicole said about Ferio Tego. They did, yeah. you know, a really creative thing since he wasn't bringing any product and he wanted to be a part of the show. Uh, the booth was called finish your smoke here. Uh, Cause you know what our viewers and listeners might not know is you could not take a cigar, a lit cigar outside of the trade show floor. And so kind of the idea was if you wanted to finish your cigar, you could sit in a little Furio Tego booth and finish your yeah. cigar. I don't know that many people did that. I think it was creative and, and uh, cool. We did. Yeah, uh, we did a couple times. Yeah, a couple and, times. And uh, Michael even said, you know, and he's he's been already on uh, at least one podcast, maybe two since the show's been over. But he really gets it. I mean, uh, like Nicole said, he didn't have product yet, you know. And he didn't have uh, samples or couldn't take orders, but 
he he really gets it. He understands that that he is a brand. Michael Herklotz is a brand mm -hmm. and Ferry Otego is a brand and it's part of the Michael Herklotz brand. And, and not to minimize what, um, uh, Brendan Scott, Brendan Scott. Yeah. Bre Brendan Scott is, you know, a big part of that as well. And that they, that this is definitely, they're doing this together, but Michael understands that, that it's, there's, it's so relationship driven and he was still there with, with the logo on the wall, shaking hands, getting to know people and, spreading the word and building anticipation even without product and uh i mean that that takes a lot of balls honestly so kudos to him for really honestly making something of it because still i dozens hundreds of people i know are still talking about ferry otego a, a company that showed up with no product and no order forms to a trade show so that's that's pretty pretty cool i think so, I would agree. I know. I I agree with that. I mean, I think that the the message there was clear. You know, like I have nothing. I can't sell you anything, but I'm here. I'm not just going to skip it and be like, well, I have nothing. You know, he still came. He still supported the organization. He, he was he was trying to support and echo the message of the bigger picture, which yeah. I think is the most important part. And I think that yeah. that really needs to be shown. But yeah. Herklotz is established, right? I mean, we yeah. all know who Herklotz is. You, you know, like yeah. hand in hand when it comes to Nat Sherman, you know Michael Herklotz, right? So he's gonna be he's gonna be successful with the brand. And, and, and you're right, kudos to him for going to the show. But the reality is that the brand will do well with that with or without him going to the show. And the sad part is for me is that probably twenty five, thirty five thousand dollars was spent on his behalf. Again, I don't know, but a lot of that money that was spent, travel, hotel stay, booth, all of those things. None of that goes to helping the PCA, right? So, you know, it just feels like to me, it's like, I'm glad that he did it. But on, on the counteract is like, could there have been a better way to give more money to the PCA, establish himself further and continue to build relationships without having to waste so much money for a union guy to put up your, uh, put up your chair for 160 bucks an hour or whatever the case may be, you know, or, or you know, $15,000 to put up flags if you wanted to. I mean, those things, those don't help the PCA. So that's kind of, I think that's kind of the biggest, the bigger issue here, you know, is a lot of money is spent and not a lot of it goes to the PCA. Not a right. lot of it goes to helping uh, to, to protect the cigar industry in any way, shape or form. Right. And I just feel like that we're operating in, in kind of this dinosaur era of, yeah. of, of, business when all of these things can be done more efficiently and you can give more revenue to the PCA and still yeah. build your brand and still have established those relationships with, with consumers, brand owners, manufacturers, retailers, the whole gamut, you know, yeah. um, don't get me wrong. I love, I love going, I love going to PCA. I love going every single year. I just think that, you know, it, the, the, we, we, we're, we have a serious problem. We have a serious. Yeah. Well, and that's actually a good point that, I think we should dive into now before we get to the booths that we didn't like. Um, and that is kind of rolling off of what Mike, I don't were, know who you didn't like. <laughs> well, we'll get, we'll get there. But, but since we're kind of, uh, before we lose this thought, right. Mike, what you were saying about the money that does go to the PCA and the money that doesn't go to the PCA on another podcast, a few nights ago with people that I love and respect, they, they mentioned something that I honestly completely disagree with. 
and they were talking about that the PCA should hire a an event planner and or hire a a PR firm. And I said, and I didn't put this in the comments or anything like that, but in in my head, I'm thinking that is the dumbest idea I could possibly imagine because that is uh, that PR firms cost a shit ton of money and an event plan, a good event planner is not just an event planner. It's a firm of people that you hire. That is a shit ton of money and not a single penny of that money is going to go to the PCA to help the fight against government overreach. Right. So I don't understand that thought process of, it seems to me, uh, respectfully, it seems to me to be an old model of thinking is right. let's, let's put more money into making this, this, this event as big as it can be when at the same time, not a single penny of that money is going to go to lobbyists or lawyers or researchers or, or any of that stuff. Right. Well, and it was, so I helped out on a campaign Stop it! Right? Did they win? I want. Did they win? <laughs> no. Okay. So. Oh, then you're you're then then what you have to say is irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> but this feels so much like that. Uh, seven years ago, when um, you know, we were trying to do all this fundraising and our goals weren't being met, and they threw this big gala that I knew that that the campaign couldn't afford. Mm-hmm. Yet they somehow made it happen. And I asked the question, why even why even do this gala if you really can't afford it? Right. And it was image is everything was kind of the the mantra. And that's what this feels like, that the image of everything is OK is kind of being uh, spilled out there when everything isn't OK. Yeah. So Skip's got a good good input here you know that you need an organization that listens to its customers is willing to change and adapt versus being run by only a few people in a back room and slow to change uh and and that i think some of that is is speaking directly about the the pca board of directors i know there are some changes now with the pca board of directors i'm hoping those changes are going to be 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 positive and and go in the direction of putting money where money is needed versus putting money where where it's only going to be window dressing. Right. Um, but it's, um, it's, it's a tough, it's a very tough spot, you know, post COVID and, and going into the future, um, wanting and knowing, uh, knowing that the, the money is, the amount of money is limited. And when, when you're in a fight against, an opponent with an with bottomless pockets like the US government. Right. I mean they literally to, print the money. Yeah, you have to you have to make the tough decisions sometimes to to put every penny where it will actually do good rather than just dress things up. Right. I don't know. That's I uh, think the the biggest thing about like this year's show is it's kind of like a two edged sword. You know it double-edged double-edged sword sorry uh it, it's it's one of those things where oh, yeah bad, brother it, the show the show went into it last minute you know there was a lot of uncertainty obviously with the pandemic stuff which is outside of everyone's control right so you got to give that to everyone 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 was in that boat together uh the show came together the last minute they had 100 days to put it together they made that they made the show happen which is great 
that doesn't change the fact that obviously, yeah, there needs to be some things that change. Um, that doesn't excuse it. I think a lot of people from the people I talked to, at least before the show, going into the show, it's like, well, we're going to see whatever this is. We're going to go. We're going to see what it is. And it's kind of like a lot of people had this mentality that was like, well, regardless what happens, even though there's existing issues already with the PCA and the show and stuff that they need to work on to change, it's like everyone kind of had this mentality like, well, this one's kind of like the mulligan because of the pandemic and all that. And I kind of get that. But I think that while parts of that are true, um, there are other issues that were going on before that shouldn't just get lumped into that. Like, well, you know, it's because of the pandemic. Things, the pandemic affected a lot of things, but there are other things that should not be forgotten that have already been there. And whether they were made worse by the pandemic or they just didn't change because the focus was not on that. It was just, let's just, let's just put a show together. So it happens, you know, I think that just needs to be highlighted that, yeah, a lot of people might use that pandemic excuse, which is valid to an extent, but it doesn't change the fact that there are issues here that, that do need to be fixed. Yeah. I think that just, that just needs to be highlighted. There's a huge gap. I mean, the fact that, you know, a lot of retailers didn't or not retailers, but manufacturers, not everyone. It needs to be a show. Everyone wants to be a part of. Right. Right. Yeah. Like you can't have people skip it. Like it, like to, to make it truly re, you know, what I'm trying to say um, to make it truly something that to it, maximize it, its to potential, maximize its potential to get yeah. as much funding. Everyone needs to, to be involved and want to be involved. Who's in the industry right. well, and, showcasing and they're not doing a, I don't want to say they're not doing a good job, but things need to be fixed. They have to listen yeah. to people. They have to t- take people's thoughts into consideration. They need to do a better job in raising money in other uh, in other ways so that they have the most dollar to spend that, towards this fight. That is the key point. They have to raise money. They if if they're always relying, and it feels like it just seems like there's so much reliance. I'm not saying they're putting all their eggs in one basket, but they're putting too many, in my opinion, of their eggs in the piece in the tree. In the wrong basket. Where they're, they're putting saying, them in the wrong this basket. This is where we're going to get the majority of our money for the year. And then we're going to make up the rest of the money in other ways. And it should be the opposite. The they should the, the money should be coming from from other way other um efforts rather than the 90% of the money coming from the trade show and 10% coming from the other efforts. Absolutely. I think that too, like, you know, kind of like what I was saying before, like, I know that there's a lot of, so I know there's people who didn't go for certain reasons. And then there's other people who didn't go for different reasons. Now, yeah. uh, like I know like skips watching, I know that Roma craft wasn't at the show and I don't really know a lot about, you know, skips, you know, situation. And, but you know, I, I know it's probably obviously not the same as like why Davidoff wasn't there, you know, like John Carney, obviously right. LaFleur Dominicana, you know, they didn't go. And, you know, John's a close friend of mine. So he's told me flat out, he's like, listen, you know, we didn't go because not because we, you know, we support the PCA and we want to find other way to support the PCA, however we can. But he's like, you know, as a business decision, you know, it didn't make sense for us to go to TPE or PCA, like right. to, to pay, to send the staff, to have the booth and all that. Um, because we just like we felt like, you know, it doesn't make sense to go to try to do business because we're still trying to get caught up from last year. And I think that that's yeah. the part where the pandemic like, yes, that's valid. You know, there are manufacturers, um, you know, like Skip, like LFD, like, you know, Casa Cuevas, you know, they went to TPE, but they didn't go to PCA. They felt it was, you know, 
it was too close together. It's like we already went out there. You know, McAuliffe. you McAuliffe didn't go. You know, United. You know, I know they went to TPE. Um, they um, had a great they show. They, they sold didn't go to either. Yeah, I mean, I know that like United went. They did really well. They sold a lot of stuff. They're like, you know, it doesn't make sense for us to go back out there two months later. You know, we already sold everything. So, I get that. That's I think that is fair. You know, like if if whether you don't have anything to sell because you know people are still trying to get caught up on production orders that they already placed last year, you know, that they still haven't fulfilled. I get that. Um, but it's, you know, it's the other people kind of who, who went into it being like, well, I just don't want to go because like, you know, it's going to be like, it's, you know, the pandemic that it's going to suck. It's going to be small. We just don't want to go. Yeah. It's well, may, as long as it, it's, it's coming from a business standpoint, but if it's not, and it's just kind of like your mentality, well then, you know, you're kind of missing the picture here. It, it's, it's not just about that. It's, it's supporting the PCA and raising that money. And if you're yeah. not going to go to the show and, you know, fi- and you're going to you support the PCA, find some other way to do it. I mean, don't just like, just write it off. I mean, it, yeah. the, and the reality is PCA is there to help you. It's to help yeah. all of us, whether you're a manufacturer or a retailer or whatever, even the consumers. Cause I mean, it, it affects them too. It's all, you know, it's, it's a river that, you know, it runs downhill. So, you know, I, I think that people just need to remember that, you know, and yeah. if if you if you chose not to go to the show for reasons other than it just really business wise didn't make sense for you to go and spend the money like you know, even Mike was saying, like with Ferry Otago, like, you know, Michael went and he, you know, he, he did, I think, a good job just trying to be there to support and do his thing. But, you know, he's right. You know, did, was it really worth him spending all the money to go there to, to not, you know, sell orders? Is it maybe some other way he could have done it? Maybe. I don't know. But. And he yeah. makes a very good point, but I would say that the overall thing is, well, at least he tried in some way to show his support, which I think is still yeah. overall important. But PCA so refuses to acknowledge that they have a problem, and that's the biggest issue here. Well, like, I so I'll 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 push back on that a little and say right. that I I do I have seen them acknowledge that there's a problem, um. And we've we've heard this directly from Scott and from Josh that they they do know that they have a problem, but it stops short where I believe that they are they have acknowledged the problem, but they haven't pinpointed the exactness of it, or, nor have they have they been able yet to develop strategies to fix it. Well, they could just have an open forum. Why not reach out to all the manufacturers who didn't attend and say, well, why didn't you to get a better idea? What can they do to change? Like, and I, think that, I think that's coming from what I've from yeah. what I've heard from the organization is that's that's coming. But but that, again, that's I mean, it's easy that. to say that and not follow through. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, when we look at, uh, you know, the fight that we had here in Minnesota, the fight that they recently had in Michigan in talking with shop owners um uh, many of them said we haven't heard one thing from the pca from both members and non-members so i think we need to really convey the message that communication is huge if they want the support that they are so desperately asking for then get get some communication going get some dialogue going instead of just these backroom boardroom um, chats, and then we hear about we're going to do, be doing this, we're going to be doing this. What do we... Yeah, we have to get past the secret handshake meetings that that 
are only the, the in the past there's been this old boys club secret mm-hmm. handshake things where I'll give you a where handshake. it's yeah where it's the the arrangements that are put together and the uh and the, and the efforts that are put forward are ones that only directly benefit a a, a, a few instead of the many welcome to capitalism yeah welcome to yeah so it's like I said in a post uh, that I put uh, up on social media right at the end of the trade show is that the the reasons why because I if I remember right including the big four the number of manufacturers who didn't attend the trade show this year that had previously attended trade shows was up to forty one that's a lot but the number of reasons between those forty one is varied it's not the same reason some some right. it was philosophical differences with the way the pca does business for some it was purely financial because they couldn't afford it for others it was other reasons and and mixtures of of all of them but it's they have to really be willing to not only listen but respond to the uh sort of the new way that things are are moving in um in the way sales get done in the way that brands interact with customers the way brands interact with retailers it's a different world than it used to be and one of the things that while i absolutely adore the positivity and the and the 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 outgoing message that michael herklotz had around his brand the fact is before the end of the calendar, right around the end of the calendar year, you know, we're going to be looking back at this cigar year of 2021 mm-hmm. and Ferry Otego, the first release of the, of the actual Ferry Otego cigars is going to go gangbusters. They're going to sell out period. We all know that's going to happen. And there may be, uh, there may be a, 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 a possibility that that Michael and Brendan and the team at Ferry Otego is going to chalk that up to return on investment from PCA, but that may not be the case. They, like right. Mike said, they probably would have sold those cigars anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if, cigar, if if selling every cigar you make, if it, it, measuring return on investment is not just an easy math problem, it's right. it's very intricate measuring actually where the return on investment comes from, and just to assume that the return on investment came because you went to the trade show, maybe maybe not. It's you got it, you really have to, and I hope that companies like Ferry Otego and other cigar companies will, and the PCA. This is the most important thing that the PCA has to really dig into the numbers and actually do the analytics and find out where the return on investment comes from. Right not just assume that it comes from the fact that there's a trade show. Well, good luck Uh, with that. Yeah. Right. Mike, I don't know if, were you at the breakfast? No. The opening breakfast. So I I will say this, that it's the board meeting. Yeah. It was kind of the, the board meeting type thing. Um, again, it's, it's words and the words were good. Um, and now we want to see the action. There seemed to be more transparency. Uh, there seemed to be, you know, I, I think, we got a, a great rally cry, um, and you know John Anderson, yeah, I think did a great job. But 
And so did Scott Pierce. And they Scott both Pierce both of was, them at the breakfast, I think, did a great job. They, like Garrett said, they rallied the, you know, they they really they it, it was it was kind of invigorating and exciting to listen to them talk. And it it you know uh, it, it like a like a Braveheart speech or something like that. It was it was an exciting to listen to. But it doesn't mean a damn thing unless we see the action right. behind. Right. There just needs to be open communication. There are so many people passionate about the PCA um, and their efforts. And if they just listen, listen to the manufacturers on what they want to get everyone involved because it is a team effort and everyone needs to be there because you're just going to see more and more of these brands trickling off and doing their own thing. And that's not helpful. Right. Well, and the it, focus on the, you know, the big four. Sure. You know, having the big four at the, you know, as, as members of the PCA is no doubt helpful to, you know, a lot of things, but it's not just about the big four. And I think we're all sick of hearing about this. There are so many other medium to smaller boutique brands that are part of this story that Mm -hmm. want to be represented as well as the big four are giving the attention, you know, are getting the attention. And just the, the funding efforts, you know, if they reached out, to, to retailers who are members of the PCA and ask them, what do you think we could do better in order to, to raise some people would give them ideas. That might be great. You know, they can't just be talking amongst themselves. They have to, they kind of have to open it, whether or not they take everyone's ideas and, and do things with them, but they got to open that, that platform yeah. and listen to what people want and what, so instead of an event planner, yeah, instead of an event planner, I would elect to, you know, hire a bunch of part-time people to to give customer service calls to retailers and, and manufacturers. I think that's better money spent than an event planner, in my opinion. A and survey. They, they need they need member engagement. They need member engagement, whether that's people to reach out to the retailers, people to reach out to the manufacturers, or both. They need more engagement and you know, they did furlough the staff and they gradually brought back some people and, and hired a couple additional people. But their staff is still extremely small compared to what it was two years ago. Yeah. Uh, and that you can't you can't get the level of of member engagement done with the, the staff they have. They need more people. And who doesn't like their member being engaged? Whoa. Wow. Whoa. All right. I will say that PCA this year was definitely better than the PCA last year. <laughs> All right. That's what I like. I like the positivity. There hey, we go. The, the attendance from 2020 is up. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know what's really funny is every year I go to PCA, I always place a bet on the Bucks to win the Super Bowl. Except that one year when they didn't have the convention. Oh, no. Yeah. Every year, oh, I got dude. I dug up some of them. I was like, "Damn, dude!" So I skipped it this year just because I won last year. I don't want to jinx it. Skip, yeah. uh, so 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 Skip Martin commented. Nicole gets it so smart. Move that wedding date up. <laughs> Move that wedding date yeah. just in case there isn't a PCA trade show next year. Just yeah, and we'll get we'll, get we'll get to that as well. Um, so all right, let's go back a little bit to this year's trade show floor. And let's talk about the booths that sucked. Caldwell, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a little something stuck in my throat right there. So Garrett already uh, did that joke. Um, yeah, Garrett, Garrett already. Did. I stole Garrett's joke. Uh, Mike, let's let's ask you what were a couple booths that you were just completely bored by? 
you know, I, I got to be honest, I wasn't really bored by any of them, man. Okay. Like, you know, they were, I, I actually appreciate the fact that they're a little bit smaller. I appreciate the fact that, you know, that it wasn't this, well, we're going to up and we're going to make bigger and we're going to do this. Like, I, I really kind of enjoyed the fact that they were smaller, uh, that, you know, that people that had, you know, five squares or 10 squares had two, you know, it made walking around a lot easier for sure. That and the yeah. fact that 60% of the people weren't there or whatever, <clears throat> but you know, there wasn't any that I was like, Ooh, damn, nope, nope. You know, I just didn't, none, nothing really sticks out to me, you know, um, to be totally honest, you know, okay. and I, I understand what you're saying about the whole Caldwell thing. I mean, you know, but that's always kind of been their design. They've always had small, I mean, they had milk crates one year and stuff like that. And I understand that they're upset and, 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 uh, you know, they're pissed, but you know, like I, for whatever reason, why they did it, I, you know, I, like I said, I, I have some appreciation towards that. Um, because at least they're being honest. Well, I, I do agree that there's a little bit of with, with Caldwell and Tony Bellotto, there's, you have to factor in that there's a little bit of performance art to it for those guys. It's it's, yeah. it's almost a little bit of like their shtick that, that that's I mean, kind of what people have come to expect is, right. is something completely just bonkers. And we're and, talking about it right now. So, yeah. And, and that's, that's a great point is we are talking about it and other podcasts have already talked about it. And so to, to, to give everybody um, a real clear picture of what the Caldwell booth looked like. Let me let me paint the picture. You go to Walmart and you buy it. You buy uh, a folding table and you buy a handful of chairs for I think it was two hundred thirty-seven dollars. And that's it. And that's your booth. <laughs> and that's your booth. <laughs> then to double down on that, when you're Robert Caldwell, a couple days later, you bring all of that stuff back to Walmart and return and it. And return it. Which he did. <laughs> And it's hilarious. So I, I'll say that uh, I was, I, I would like to see just a little bit more. I don't know. Uh, it, more. Although I, I do, I do understand and appreciate the performance art piece that goes into it and kind of, you know, representing a sort of rogue uh, uh, mentality. I, I, there is a part of me, honestly, and this is probably just my my old man get off my lawn get coming out that I feel like there needs to be a little bit more level of respect to the retailers and to the PCA as a as an organization, and and it just kind of feels like a big fuck you, you know. And 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 I I, I wish that I mean we could still have the antics maybe with a little bit because. Matt Booth is a great example of this where Matt Booth has the antics and he has that performance art and he has that, that sort of uh, vibe that he puts off. But at the same time, there, there is the eccentric. That's the great, that's the perfect word. He is enchanted to be there. He is enchanted. But at the same time, there is, he always has an underlying uh, foundation of respect under that, you know, and I don't get that from, from Robert and from Tony. I really don't. I get, I get kind of, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm here, whatever. I, I like they, I, I it, it feels like they just genuinely don't give a shit. And, and honestly, the, at times it's a little bit like, well, well then fuck you then pardon me, but it's, 
it, it bugs me sometimes. And again, that's probably my old man. Get off my lawn. Yeah, Garrett's going to give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> so I, what, do you guys, what do you guys think, Matt and Nicole? I would agree with what you said. You know, I, I felt hey. it. You know, we, yeah, you. we felt it from day one. We, we, like, we approached them several times, and it was just kind of like they were sitting there at their folding table in their folding chairs, like that, like, kicking the dust on the ground. They didn't want us to welcome anyone walking we, by their booth. And we stood there, and they just, like, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to move on then. I mean, there's plenty well, of people not, that, you know what I mean? It's not even just the way that they, um, you know, sort of the the demeanor that they have towards cigar media, which, you know, that I don't really care about that. It's, it's just kind of the general demeanor, you know? Oh, no, I didn't mean it like just media in general. It's just like you were saying, like, it, it's just they, it, I mean, you guys as are, a whole, it was just like, hmm. and that's not to be confused with people who just are weird and just not good at customer service. Cause there were some other booths that weren't as welcoming. And I think that's just their personality. Yeah, they were nice when you like kind of probed them a little bit, but like there was one booth, and I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna name names, um, because when we we first went to the booth, our experience wasn't that great, um, but those people actually reached out to me after and apologized. Well, like you know, like there was some things going on. It was just it was just like it was just that that moment was just not great, um, and I was like, oh, I get that. I because you know what, that shit happens. That happens to all of yeah. us in in every aspect of life. I get that, and I was okay with that. And I was like, that's cool. I get it, and I appreciated the fact that they reached out <laughs> to me and like that. And I was like, but for someone like Caldwell, who just they seem like they just didn't care to be there at all, like regardless of media or not, like it was just. <laughs> Garrett's holding up the Crux band right no, now. No, but the, but there were actually. I don't want to other... call them out. I don't want to call them out. But you know, since Garrett already buying for like three of the oh, days. So did, you, did you guys have a? Did you guys have a certain kind of experience? Maybe that wasn't so great at the Crux booth. It was. I would say it was a horrible experience. It was just. It was a little. At first, it was just seemed a little. I don't yeah. know, all over the place, and so, it wasn't. Yeah, I talked to him. I talked to him afterwards. Yeah, no, and, and they reached out, and, and yeah. it's all good. Like, I talked to them, and I was like, oh, I get it. Like, you know, like there was some other outside issues, and I get it. And that's all water on the bridge, and I don't hold anything against them, and yep. that's fine. Um, so that's why, like, I just use that as an example. Like, you know, maybe that was a bad moment, but they were like, hey, like, I'm sorry. Like, it was just yeah. a bad time. I get that. Get that. Yeah. Um, but in comparison to Caldwell, it was like, like Matt was saying, like, just the general, not just the media, just the general demeanor was yeah. like, Mm. Yeah, if so you didn't he, want to be there, just don't go. Right. So here's something that, that I kind of equate it to. So when you walk by certain booths and you you, you can kind of, you sort of, it, let's say it's a booth where you don't know anybody and you, you walk by kind of slowly and you wait to make eye contact with somebody. And then if they're free and you make eye contact, you approach them. When the, what, it's the way that you get looked at or greeted when you go by that booth if you get that that greeting with a smile and a out outstretched hand mm -hmm. for a handshake and a hey how you doing versus getting the side eye and you can hear the thought you can see the little thought bubble above their head like what the fuck does this guy want you know it's those are the booths that i just it it, it it's like why are you like nicole said why are you here why are you here if you're gonna because i might i might be a retailer who wants to buy hundred boxes of your cigars and you're giving me the side eye saying what the hell does this guy want instead there's of this, out your hand and it, saying hey, there's a level of customer service they need to give and some people just 
either they don't have it or they just they weren't turned on. You know, I mean, you got to be turned on for it's it. It's the same as right. if it was someone just walked into your cigar shop. You know, if you're if yes. if, the, if it's kind of quiet and you know the the guys in the shop are just kind of hanging around, which I get it. There's downtime in a shop. That's real, and that's it. You know, whatever. Uh, there's, there's downtime in any retail business. Totally understand. That's just part of business. You know, and you walk in there and you walk in the front door and they're just kind of sitting there smoking. They're just kind of like. Exactly. Like that. And you're just like, <laughs> all right. It, it, it's almost kind of like I walked in to give you money and it was just like, eh, fuck you. Yeah, it's OK. I'm going to go somewhere I would else. Just, I would I would just hope that people if people are going to exhibit at a trade show, that they would be more willing to have that attitude of of in, inviting being inviting and engaging rather than, you know, the, the whole side eye thing. It's just, it's very off putting and it's, it's wasting, it's wasting your own time and money being at that show. If, if, if that's the way you're going to approach people walking by your booth, you have four days to make an impression, right? Even if you've had, if you've got street cred or not, you've got four days to make an impression, good, bad, or otherwise. And it's just four days. Um, and if yeah, if you if you come in red hot and you piss a bunch of people off, you know we all have bad days. It just makes it more likely, honestly. As I'll I'll speak just from the media perspective, it makes it more likely that if there's a trade show next year, I'm not even going to bother stopping by your booth. Yeah, and I agree. That, and again, not that your brand doesn't need. How about that cigar? Um, although, you know, the, I don't know, we're kind that, of a big deal. that may be gradually changing and not <laughs> that I'm saying it's, it's, we're not a big deal. I'm just saying you're kind of a big deal. People, brands, brands gradually under are starting to understand that shows like ours and smoking tobacco and cigar hustlers and, and other shows, cigar dojo and coop and half wheel. It, it, it's, it's a very inexpensive an easy way for them to get the word out about their product. Yeah. And free for, to cases. give, to give the side eye and the, and the get off my lawn sort of vibe when, when we're really just there to give you free publicity, you know? And on, on the flip side of that coin though, there are, there have been some of the, the old school brands that haven't embraced social media, haven't embraced podcasts or, 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 every, or anything that are starting to see the value in it. That's and true. I, and I'm thinking these next couple of years, we're going to see an insurgence of uh, some of these white whales or quote unquote guests that never do any of this that will start to. Yeah. It has become more the exception than the rule. And yeah. and these companies that are, you know, companies that have been, been around a long time, you know, maybe, maybe the person that they had employed as their, let's say their, their director of marketing, Hey, Guaymaro, there we go. Uh, let's say the person they had employed as their director of marketing uh, retired or went to work for another cigar company. So then that company, and, and they were never very engaging with bloggers or podcasters, that kind of thing. Then they hire a new director of marketing and they're going to be somebody most likely younger who understands uh, because of the generation they come from, they understand the uh, sort of inherent value in podcasting and blogging and social media and therefore they're going to become more engaging with uh people like us than they maybe would have been in the past uh, and that's a good thing for uh, honestly everybody you know it's uh um so i would just encourage any brands you know if you've 
when you've got your salespeople there and your reps in the booth, um, encourage them to be as engaging as possible. And if they're, if they're not being engaging, then either get them out of there or, you know, uh, stick a cattle prod up their ass until they become properly engaging. Well, even John Anderson said that they need to do more of this, uh, to get out there. We did, we were able to do a, a quick live with him on the show floor and, you know, afterwards he talked about doing more of this. And so I think, you know, that could help some transparency also help get some of the message yeah. out to the PCA, you know, every little bit helps. I personally, I think that there's two sides to that coin when it comes to, to media, right? What do you say? They'll pay you lip service. They'll pay you lip service, but they'll never love you like me, Garrett Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the love, Skip. We feel the love. It's a true story. <laughs> so here, you know, as a brand owner or manufacturer, if you don't know like who like the bigger guys are as far as media is concerned, you know, it's very easy to get turned off by reviewers or bloggers that just kind of walk up and like, hey, we you know we just need some cigars to review, like where you know, like that happens a, a lot, right. and a lot of those guys, you know, if you don't know the difference, it's very and and shame on them for not knowing, but. You know, yeah. A lot of people pro you for yeah, I just want a piece of gold and I'm gonna review it later or just give me a quick quote or something like that. You know, I could see where it could be discouraging for somebody who's not entrenched. I mean, they should yeah. be, but you know, yeah. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate in some areas of that aspect, you know. Well, unfortunately most of those bloggers are gone. They they really are. They're very there are very few who just walk in and say uh, I review cigars and I, I need, uh, uh, do you want to give me some samples to review? You know, there, that's pretty, that's pretty few and far between anymore. Thank God. There was an issue though, with a lot of people with, uh, I don't want to say just influencers, but people who didn't have, I would say a substantial media company who got into the show, um, either by mistake, like the PCA actually allowed them in without enough content on their websites, blogs, whatever, um, or influencers who came in on other people's badges and were like walking around with their cell phones doing content and then just kind of eating up booth space. Yeah. Um, I, that was kind of an issue. I, I agree. And and we did have an issue with that at one booth. Uh, and so there's, uh, I'm going to throw out some full disclosure here and Matthew and Nicole, I'm curious about your, what your experiences was like when you got started as far as when you first went to the PCA to apply for membership so that when you go on the PCA website, if you're a blogger, if you're a new cigar blogger, if you want to start a, a cigar YouTube page or a blog or something like that, and you want to become a member of the PCA, you go on the page and there's there's a very long write up about qualifications and, and uh, things you have to fulfill in order to be brought into the PCA organization as a media member. You have to pay the dues, and but you also have to um, according to what's written on the on the site, you have to meet certain qualifications and be around for a certain length of time and have a certain amount of uh, uh, relevant content um, yeah. as opposed to irrelevant mm-hmm. content. Um, and when I first did the whole official business thing, uh, I mean, Garrett and I talked about this ages ago and then when when everything went to start up i actually went to file and officially register the business as an llc it's it, yeah. it, it, you know and and 
then I reached out to the PCA after this after the website was live and there were already a handful of cigar reviews on there and some articles. The social media accounts were all set up and uh, things were rolling. There was there was content there available for consumers to look at. But it still wasn't really very much. So I reached out to the PCA to apply for membership, honestly thinking I wouldn't be surprised if they said no, but come back to us when you've been doing a little bit longer. I got an answer back within a couple hours saying, yes, here's where you send your check. Now, what I, I, I say that, <laughs> meaning I, I understand that they need that membership money from media people as much as they need the membership money from other people. Right. But if I, I honestly was a little bit concerned that there wasn't a more stringent vetting process. Right. Because it, it felt it was the experience the same for you guys. Yeah. I mean, we, we had had the blog and the website for, and our show for at least like six months. So we had, you know, we had enough content. Uh, Smoking Tobacco was a blog before it was the podcast was introduced, which was just last April. Okay. So um, there was enough, but again, same boat. Yeah, I mean, I basically, you know, uh, being the only member who's been here since day one at Smoking Tobacco, um, you know, not not that anyone else doesn't matter, that they, they all play integral roles, but, you know, being the dude, person who started sitting, it. She's sitting right next to you, dude. I'm going to get half of everything. <laughs> so, uh, no, and I, I don't mean that as a negative thing. It's just like knowing from the beginning, like the plan always was, you know, when I knew you know, I was, I had a plan and what I wanted to do, um, you know, building it is one thing. Uh, and I always knew like, okay, like this is, you know, let's, let's, like you guys said, let's build the social media, let's build the website. Let's, you know, let's get everything going and then, you know, we'll go for it. You know, especially when you start taking in revenue from advertisements and, you know, you're, you're taking money in and you're operating as a business, yeah. you want to make that official, but you also, you know, you just, you want to make it official because, you know, you're, you're operating as an official business. So it's like, it should be official legally on paper. Um, yeah. You know, and that also translates to a lot of things And people take you, you know, I feel like a little more seriously, like, well, this isn't just like something that you have like on Saturday, like, no, you took the time to spend the money to and incorporate yourself yep. and, you know, and, and, and run it like a real business, which it is. Yeah. Um, and so I always knew like kind of the same process. I got everything built up. And then when I had my stuff, you know, I, I filed the paperwork, you know, I, I, I paid my, you know, I paid my money, hired the lawyers and all that stuff, you know, you get the whole thing going on and, and now we're here. So I think that that's important, you know, and we kind of had the same approach, you know, Scott Pierce had come on the show as that was going on. Uh, so I, I got to meet Scott. And so when we applied, you know, he already knew who we were. And so I, I think it was just like, well, I know what they're doing. Yep. You know, they went right yeah, in. We had Scott Pierce, and you know, Loop. yeah. And, and Ganglin Loop too. Oh, like, more. When you first had them on the show, had your membership already been approved? No. Okay. No, we, we hadn't we hadn't filed for it yet. Yeah. Oh, you hadn't filed we, we were, for it. Okay. We weren't declining. We just we hadn't filed for it yet because we, you know, we just we were in the process of putting everything together. So um once we finished and we applied, you know, we got right in. Um, uh, you know, but you know, like you are kind of in the same boat. Like we had stuff to present. Like we had, yeah. you know, hey, this is I, what I we guess have. What I'm what I'm getting at with all this is that I just I would I want there to be because Creating an Instagram account doesn't make you a media company. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people believe that it does. And I think some people, maybe there are, it's possible that there are some people in the PCA organization who 
maybe don't necessarily believe that an Instagram account makes you a media company, but they're willing to overlook it in order to get the check for $450. Well, I, I wish there was a more stringent. This is, this is the issue is that all of the people with Instagram accounts were actually rejected from media membership and they came in on the badges of manufacturers. None of them had their own. The people that got in, if you yeah, look in photos, not a single one of them came in as their own. Uh, mm. And I'm not including Delicia from Cigar Victory. She's her own business and her own thing. So that's like maybe the one. And, I, I, and, and she's Delicia, not an influencer. Delicia, <laughs> I, have, I have great respect for her. She's been but, in the game a long time and I have great respect. Exactly. For her. She, she, she yeah, has a lot of skin in the like, game. And that's, she has her own business. So that's that's separate. So I just want to mention Scott, that, and, but, and when the conversation came up with Scott Pierce, he had said that he, he had saw several people at the trade show who he knew applied and they declined. Yes. Um, And so that, that was an issue. He did also acknowledge that there were people who weren't properly vetted and that they kind of overlooked certain people. And that is something that they need to, that's true too, to strengthen in the future. And actually, you know, he approached us amongst other media, you know, more established media companies to help create that criteria. So that's something that is okay. going to be coming in the future, a more stringent criteria. Some people do believe that these influencers should come in. You know, I don't think they need to be there for the whole trade show. If you want to do an influencer membership, that's cheaper than the full fledged media membership and give them access for one day to create content that might be a better middle ground so that they can join the PCA. But that's an idea. I don't think a lot of those brand owners and manufacturers will want to partake because a lot of those guys are wasting time. You know, they're like I said, they're not yeah. credible like you guys. Yeah. So who the, who the fuck wants to deal with that? Well, I think, you know, like I had, I had several manufacturers tell me, you know, like specifically, like there was people who, you know, they were sitting down with a retailer and they were doing their presentation. They had the order forms right. out, the whole thing. And like a couple of people just like wafted right in sat right. down in their chairs, hung out there like it was a lounge, on their phones, being loud, and it distracted the retailer. And they ended up losing good size orders. I mean, actually, it doesn't even matter what size the order is. You know, it's right. a sale. You know, to them, it's they selling product and they didn't sell it. Because well, we- something, something came in and it and it and they were like, ah, and they just, they left the booth and they didn't buy. And that yeah. now yeah. that manufacturer's like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm here supports bca but i'm also i'm trying to sell my product right so if, and they're not supporting by coming in on other people's badges you know what i mean they're I not support, supporting agree. by doing that and then creating that content they don't have professional video equipment i mean you're doing an interview with someone on your cell phone at least bring a camera like it yeah, doesn't pete, cost that much even pete johnson was here. like he's like yeah this guy over here like he comes over with his phone and he's like Hi, I'm here with Pete Johnson from uh, Tatuaje, <laughs> and uh, Pete, how are you? And you just hear this. Uh, you know, we're good. Uh, you know, we have uh, the, the monster coming right. out. And, and- <laughs> so tell me, tell me a little bit more about the monster series and the advent calendar. Right. And it's like, <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> like he's yeah, like, what's like, this guy doing? If you're going to do it, do it right. And so those people shouldn't be allowed in. If you are you know, and you're going to use that to raise money and give, throw them a bone. Yeah. Have them come in for one day. You know, they're not, they're not doing what, you know, we were doing, which is going around to every single booth. They were just picking and choosing, hanging out. Like they just wanted to be there taking still photos. And, you know, it just, it, it's not helpful. And, yeah. you know, it's a distraction from the business and that's what 
that show is for. It's for business. I mean, like you guys, like Mike, I'm sure, you know, Mike, you, you probably had appointments with manufacturers that you wanted to talk to. Uh, Matt and Garrett, you guys had probably appointments with people so that you yeah. had time put aside when they, they expected you to come yes. and talk to you so that you could do your business with them. And it's yeah. like, if you don't have an appointment or you don't have any appointments and you're just, well, I'm just going to show up and just kind of like get in there. It's like, well, remember a lot of these you know manufacturers are there to meet with the retailers first. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that, that's, that's the first thing, you know? So like perfect example, like Mike shows up at, you know, Tatuaje and he has a meeting with Pete. And he's sitting down with Pete to talk about, you know, I want to order, you know, I want to order, you know, the monster and the, the calendars. And these are the things that I'm interested in. This is what I want to buy. Tell me when are they going to be available? You know, how much is it going to cost me? How much do I have to order? You know, all these things about doing business and trying to supply, you know, his store. And so then he can, you know, do run his own business. And then someone comes in and interrupts that conversation to be like, oh, my God, it's Pete Johnson. Like, oh, my God, I've seen you on TV. Like, can we get like can we go live on Instagram? And Mike's sitting there like, I'm trying to fucking buy some stuff. Like, dude, you I'm know? your biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's just sitting there like, I got a hundred grand to spend. Right. Uh, it needs to be more exclusive thing? in that sense for media. Yeah. And there Mike, needs to be a stricter. Mike, have you ever had an issue either when you were uh, selling Postania or um, or going through as a retailer buying cigars from from different manufacturers where some uh, a, a blogger or an Instagrammer just just like swooped in and tried to break into your meeting? Well, no, uh, to be honest, I've never really had that. I mean, like I've had people stop in when as a brand owner and say, hey, we, you know, we want to do a clip or, you know, we want to do a segment. And there were times I'm like, hey, listen, I'm sorry, I, I can't right now. Uh, that happens a lot. And, you know, in, when you're in the Roma booth, it just kind of is what it is. And, you know, we kind of know who, who you want to talk to anyways, if you have that time. If you, you know, if I have an extra 20, 30 minutes, it's going to be with you guys, it's going to be with Coop, it's going to be with Aaron Loomis, you know, it's going to be you know um dojo like there's a handful of dudes that you know that provide great content that you'll sit down and have a conversation with charlie you know brooks like the half wheel guys obviously um and normally i would say that you're right when it comes to pca as far as making appointments you if i were going as a retailer and i haven't gone as a retailer in a long time i you know we would normally have appointments set up to be honest this year i had one appointment set this morning or for one morning and i only set it out of kind of shits and giggles just because it's like, all right, well I'll book it. But you know, if you're a real retailer and you're a serious buyer, then, then the reps already know who you are. You know, the brokers know who you are. Some of the owners know who you are. And you know, you walk in and say, Hey, I know you're really busy. If they're busy, then you come back. If not, then you'll make, they'll make time for you. This PCA, everybody made time. There was no, Hey, can you come back? I had zero experience for that whatsoever. You know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that's, I mean, that's kind of my point when it comes to. I know that there's a serious problem here. I mean, if you walked outside of Vegas at all, and you saw the streets, they were fucking packed. You couldn't. Get, I didn't book a hotel room. I didn't book a hotel room because my like, guy, ah, whatever. You know, I missed the special PCA deal. I'll just wing it. I'll get it when I get there. And like, okay, I'm like, hey, I need to get a room in Venetian. Yeah, we just have our suite available. It's gonna be eleven hundred dollars. All right, cool. So then I'm gonna be staying somewhere else, I guess. You know, like that's how busy Vegas was. Yeah, it but was. That's oh not yeah, the convention was. You know. Yeah. Um, so you know, you're right about COVID not being 
the 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 real issue here. Right. Um, so, but you know, I, I haven't really had any media guy inter- interrupt me during uh, sale. But then again, I don't really talk with a lot of the owners. I talk with the reps. I talk with the brokers. Yeah. You know, the people yeah. who are going to make the sale. And normally, more often than not, uh, if I'm buying cigars, there there's going to be a lot of times where I'm kind of buying them blind. If the if the brand is established with me. I know you would have dropped that eleven hundred. First of all, got way more than eleven hundred. You know, I ain't got it like that. So you know, so we stayed at the Park MGM for four hundred dollars a night instead. Um, so we had one, we had one incident. And I'm not going to name names. I know people want me to name names. I'm not going to name names. We had one incident at the trade show this year where we had a scheduled interview. And we come into the booth and we let them finish up the business that they were just concluding with a, a retailer and uh, sat down to get the, uh, the live interview fired up. And somebody tried to basically say, I'm going to join in on your interview. And we were like, no, actually, actually, it was the it was the brand owner yeah. who said, no, you're not. Go away. Go away. Right. So, uh, and that was great because what basically it, it would have been the same things Garrett and I said, but it's like, nope, no, the the brand owner said, please go away. We 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 have an interview to do. So, Man, I really wanted to crash that Crownheads interview too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm um, coming back. What time are you going to be? <laughs> so we had a good viewer question uh, oh, yeah? up there from Raul, and let's get to it before he goes to bed. Uh, right there. So oh, here we go. What were the most exciting cigars at the event? That's actually a great question. Uh, so one stands out for me. Mike. Can you think of a couple that were kind of standouts that you either place orders for, or you know you're definitely gonna place orders for? Uh, yeah. So for me, like you know, um, obviously the Crown Head stuff, uh, La Pais, whatever La, La Pais. The Sarge, I didn't, you know, I was uh, candid about the packaging. I didn't, I wasn't gung-ho about it. And, you know, I was open to, to make that statement. I have no problem saying that to them. But um, I heard the cigar is really, really good. It got really, you know, everybody who I respect said that it's, it's going to be a banger. So I definitely bought that without question. Um, what Espinosa is doing with the Laranja Azuela, yada, yada. You know, and listen, I'm going to say, I'm going to make fun of everybody's name because everybody can't pronounce my shit anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, you know, the La Provincia Seis, that was a really good cigar, the 601 Black. Um, obviously, you know, Saka's coming out with, with the... Stillwell Still, Star. Stillwell Star, yeah. That, yeah. you know, that's definitely different. You know, uh, it should be interesting to see how that kind of develops and see uh, what type of market that guns. But then again, you know, same scenario. All of those guys... Those are guys that I know make good product. Uh, I've been doing business with them for a long time, and I'm going to buy their products. Um, if I didn't have access to it, I would buy it blind because I believe that they're going to perform. Now, if they disappoint me, then it's a whole different scenario moving forward. You know, it's like, all right, well, I got to try it. You know, um, so those are the the real the main ones that really kind of caught my eye. Um, and I give you know a bunch of those I smoked already, so I'm excited about those. Okay. Uh, the Padron made that P, that PCA sixty ring gauger. That yeah. was pretty cool. So mm. we, we we picked that up. Like I said, it was cool to talk to George. Um, 
you know, so when we walked away, when I walked because Palmer was with me, and so was uh, Ronnie from Secreto. And I was like, you know, that, that was the guy. That was, was right, he's right here. And then there's everybody else on. He's like, really? I go, yes, he looked. And I looked up at the, you know, he's on the booth. Like, that was kind of cool, you know. Um, yeah. And I know it's kind of unique to see manufacturers try they're trying you know i don't know if it's the right thing or the wrong thing i'm not i'm not gonna i don't have a crystal ball but to see that hey in order to get specific things you had to get them at pca now obviously padron has a lot of ability there where they can say hey we sold 700 boxes we're gonna make 700 boxes maybe a little extra for if there's any mistakes or anything like that but a lot of these other guys don't have that ability you know they say hey this is a pca exclusive we made 5,006 or we only sold 2,000. Guess what? Like that's going to be open to everybody else. You can't say that it's not, you know? Right. Right. Um, so like, that's kind of, that was kind of unique. And, and it was good to see that, that there was some effort there, I guess, you know, I, like I said, I don't know um, what it turns into to be totally honest. So. Okay. Um, Nicole, what, what, what were a couple that you tried or, or, even didn't try that that you think are uh, going to be a success i didn't actually try a lot because i was running around the show floor <laughs> working yeah. so it yeah. was hard to camera like literally carry the tripod and have a scar in my hand um and actually we ended up shipping most of our stuff back and it hasn't arrived yet so i would like to try a lot of things that i don't have in my hands till probably thursday um, there was a hype, a lot of hype around the Stillwell Star. Um, I did try uh, um, one of Luciano's. Uh, what is it? The the Fiat Lux. Yeah, yeah, Lux. The Fiat, and I loved it. That was great. Yeah. Um, there was the Cavalier. I hadn't tried that before, just because it's not available up here in the Northeast. Amazing. Um, so I, there's a lot of things I'm excited to try. There's you know, the market up here compared to like Miami, Florida and certain parts of the country, just, we can't get our hands on certain things. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would, you know, still well star was, is, is a big one. I want to oh, try the hustler uh, five and dime. seven twenty. Yeah. That was, was really good. I already had that one. That one was yeah. really good. Um, you know, uh, skip said, you know, the new all saints, uh, new all saints. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to try that. We, we got to talk to Mickey and, uh, you know, we had a good time at that booth. Um, that, that's one that I'm excited. I don't have it with me, like you know, she said, yeah. but you know, they're on their way. So, um, that's one I'm excited to tear into and Mickey's actually coming on the show in a couple of weeks. So maybe I'll just save it for then. But, um, yeah, I mean, th there was a lot of interesting stuff. There wasn't as many, I would say new things probably as normally, because I think a lot of people are just trying to sell what they already have. Um, there are a lot of line extensions. Yeah, a lot of line extensions. Yeah. I think that was yeah. really the message that you know, because you know, Garrett, you were at the media compound that yeah. night, um, and that we we were all at the table together, kind of sharing notes, and that was kind of like the thing that came up. Like, yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of like I think it was Coop who said it. Like, this is like the year of the line extension, really, because right. people don't, you know, like the new stuff came out, but like no one wanted to come up with a completely new thing, and because uh, they're all kind of just kind of still working on what they already have. So. Um, I, I think that's the biggest thing, but there were a couple new things and those few things I think, you know, are going to be good, you know, from, yeah. from the ones that, you know, I got to see and whatever. So, and I heard about um, the El Septimo stuff, as I mentioned before, I was really, uh, I haven't tried any of it yet, but I was really intrigued by it because of its um, mystique and yeah. it's very high price point. And it's like, for me, it's like, I, I'm just curious to see, you know, how much of a hype that this lives up to. 
Um, right. you know, I mean, they have cigars that are going for 60, 70, 80, 90 a cigar. Um, that's all fine and dandy, but you know, is it actually is worth it? it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, even with people like Davidoff, you know, Davidoff, you know, big reputation. They've been in the United States market for a long time. Everyone's had Davidoff. There's been some crazy Davidoffs. I mean, they like the Oral Blanco. That's a $500 cigar. Um, you know, it, it kind of gets to a point where it's like, regardless of how good the cigar is, I mean, like, does it really warrant that high of a price tag? Or is it more about just the, you know, the what, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, just mystique. the luxury. Aspect. Yeah, the mystique. Like, oh, well, I spent $500 on a cigar. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sure <laughs> yeah. it's a good cigar, but is it worth $500? I don't know, but then again, you know, so that's kind of my thing. Like, all right, well, the, you know, they have this ultra, ultra premium thing. Like, I'm curious to see, like, just how does it stack With up? With their handbags for females. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Garrett, did you uh, did you pick one of those up? The $4,000 bag? Just a couple. <laughs> yeah. Just, just two couple. or three. One, one for day, one for evening. Yeah. It was so funny actually cuz uh, we were at the, we were at uh the one the room 101 booth and I was sitting with Matt and we were having some conversation like off camera and I said something to him about something and he replied about something about being cheap and I was like you know that on room 101 brands you have a bag that's like $20,000 made from real ostrich and he just looked at me and he's like, yeah, I sell it. I don't fucking buy it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, come on. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, so that was that was the other thing, too. There was some other like non-cigar related stuff at, at some of these booths, too. That was very interesting. But yeah, um, anyway, that's that's really my take yeah. on it. Uh, okay. I would say the biggest thing, though, like that's still well star. I'm so intrigued over because it's so unique. And I talked to a few retailers who said, I bought it. Didn't love it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to Saka, you know, he has that cult following. He has, you know, he's he's very good at being, you know, engaged with people and getting people behind his stuff, which is great. You know, in a brand, you know, that's, yeah. that's but, um, you know, if anyone could do it, I guess it could be Saka, but it's still, I, I guess it's, it's really up to the consumers whether, you know, they really buy it or not. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how that one plays out. Um, Garrett, what were a couple of your standouts? So my favorite new cigar was the Fiat Lux. Okay. Um, probably followed by the Fratello. Okay. Uh, really? What about is anything you have that you haven't tried, but you think it's going to be, you think it's going to be a big a big hitter? So I, I mean the Laranja Blue, which I haven't had yet, um, but I love that entire line, and I can't imagine they would. And it's already getting great reviews. I'm a huge fan of that line, so um, I'm most excited about that one that I haven't tried so far. Um, uh, the Padron Sixty is right up there with something I really looking forward to trying yeah um and if you know any of our local shops got any of the uh store exclusives from tatuaje <laughs> there are definitely are a couple shops up here that did um yeah i'm gonna echo the fiat lux uh, as one that i have smoked um i thought it's a, a very good cigar uh on the first couple uh samples very very good and uh the six and one black i had already smoked and love it um the uh 
the the stuff from uh, All Saints, I'm actually very impressed with. Yes. Um, I even today, earlier today, smoked uh, one. He he gave us a, a pack with a couple that didn't have the final bands mm-hmm. on them, just yes. a plain paper band. It was the Colorado wrapper yeah. that I smoked earlier today. I was extremely impressed with that cigar. So, um, you know, hoping that that, uh, you know, plays out true to the, you know, the full release because it's I thought it was very, very good. Um, and then the uh, um, definitely, I mean, l- like it's already been mentioned that Patron, that Padron 60 ring gauge uh, is I mean, it's it's a Padron and it's a 60 ring. It's people are going to go ape shit for that cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be definitely was so was there a did anybody find a hidden gem like who the hell is this company and why did not you know they 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 made a good impression on you and maybe even you tried the cigar and and it was unexpectedly good did anybody have any of those experiences because i actually have one i don't think i do not yet but i no hidden gems. Well, we got to smoke through some stuff. <laughs> right. So did anybody stop by? The, there was a little booth that was tucked between J.C. Newman and Perdomo called Casa 1910. I was just yes. just going to say that, actually. So they, um, did you stop by there? We did. Yeah. We did, yeah. Okay. I was um, Garrett and I, honestly, when we first stopped by and they 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 kind of drew us in and and we were sort of like taken by their story and the history and everything. And then we're very impressed with the, the way they presented their booth and it was very colorful and, and well put together. And the cigar was extremely unexpected. It, it I will say this. I think the cigars were a little on the young side, yeah. uh, a little uh, green maybe, but um, I really, I was I, I kept smoking the cigar, saying to uh, Jamie and Manolo when we interviewed them at the booth, just saying, "Are you sure this is a Mexican puro?" Just over and over. I kept saying that because it just is. It did not have a flavor profile of a Mexican puro. Is it, you know, it's a Sumatra seed that's actually grown in Mexico for the wrapper leaf, and very unexpected. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to, um, you know, Garrett and I will let those cigar- cigars. Uh, sit a while and age a while and excited to see what they do because they they were very engaging people yep. with a great story with 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 history and open very open, open and a, yeah. and a, and from what i can see a a very good product to start out yeah and i think um you know i excited to hear too that they are going through the process of importing tobaccos from nicaragua and honduras um, to expand their line because at this point they only have one blend, right? One dies, one and, blend, and in one size. So um, they're putting a lot of resources into this brand, and I hope they continue to do all the right things. But it looks like a good start. Yeah, I think so. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I we we did get the chance to talk to them. Uh, small booth, but nice presentation. Uh, very friendly guys. Uh, we haven't tried that cigar yet, but I, I have a couple of those uh, in the sample cache um, that we have coming. Um, um, Amendola family made their debut 
Oh yeah, Amendola. Well, Amendola, we have, we were yeah. familiar with already, but uh, it was good to see those guys. You know, they were at the Illusion booth. Um, you know, they started their new distribution with them. Yes. Yeah. Um, they had their they had their cannoli line out. They had their their core line out. Small, but they were there. Uh, great guys, I would say. If if anyone hasn't tried Amendola, I, you know, I, I will vouch for them. I, I thought that they have some really good cigars. They have some nice stuff. Nice. They have a great story. That they're they're really great guys. They've been on the show. Um, that's, I guess a hidden gem that I didn't discover at the show, but I have discovered somewhat recently. That is good. Um, yeah, they only had like one round. Like, did you guys get a chance to talk to them? Holding table. Oh yeah. yeah. We, we had them on the show a couple months ago and, and okay. talked to them at the trade yeah. show as well. Yeah. yeah. They're definitely like a smaller, you know, I would say up and coming brand that I've, I've been impressed with so far. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I want to tell one story before we, we move <laughs> on here. So we're at the we're at the media compound. This uh, oh Jesus, I think I know what the story is. Is it? Hold on. So before you, I don't want to steal your thunder here, but is this about how you had to be the hero for everyone else? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. So Garrett. So uh, before he tells the story, I want to get this straight. Garrett's about to tell a story that makes him the hero. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. I wasn't even. Gonna I want to interject you now because everybody else is interjected. I don't think it's fair that you guys have done that to Garrett. <laughs> i'll give him some credit he would i'll tell this story but you know he he stopped i wasn't up. even gonna i wasn't even gonna talk about that part but, so um, <laughs> for those who are are not familiar with uh the uh wildlife or insect life in las vegas they have these dinosaur sized beetles dinosaur size they're like Dude, this big they're, no they're huge no, Dude, they're like this big. No, Dude, they're literally like the I'm size of the maxi jet. Like they, yeah, I, saw, I saw one. I saw one of them. I know you they're said like... they're, they were bigger than that one that you saw, and the the rain was gonna come, and so then all of these ginormous bugs came into this little oh the covered area. Yeah, the covered yeah. area for because <laughs> they knew what was coming, and there was this one big one that you know we kept throwing over the wall, but he kept coming back, and right above this big table was this huge ceiling fan and one of the bugs flew up and was on the ceiling and crawled like right above the table and was just chilling there like in between above the fan uh, so above the fan and we're just sitting there and now nicole is sitting right underneath basically the fan and this bug we're trying to have a conversation but it's really not working out very well I think Loom and I think Loomis is the one that said like this is going to be like a game of Russian roulette. He's going to fall. Hundred <laughs> percent. And so it's the, anyone's the bug, game. <laughs> the bug starts moving, and I mean, it hits one of the fan blades right into Nicole. Oh. Like it just shot the bug right onto Nicole. She and I knew out. it was going to happen. <laughs> Matt runs away. No, I didn't. No, no, no. That is not what happened, Garrett. That is not what happened. That is not what happened. I, at first, I was like, oh, and I ducked for cover, but then I see it was on her, and I ran to her side, and she kept spinning around, and I was trying to get her to stop so I could just grab it off, and I did that. I got it off of her. So let's be clear. I didn't run. So Matt's the hero. Yeah. Yeah. Matt was the hero. See, and we got the, the story changes. But I knew yeah. it was gonna fall on me. I, I have the worst luck, so 
of course. I mean, I swatted away. <laughs> Garrett, Garrett, Garrett came like right over and just like and just picked the thing right up like several times and threw it. And I'm like, I mean, I ain't gonna pick it up. But he, at one point, he picked it up and he's like, "Huh." <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't eat it. <laughs> like, dude, just get rid of it. And he's like, hmm, "It's not that bad." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. All right, so let's say that we we're going to review the trade show the same way we review a cigar, and and let's say we're going to just use the classic hundred point scale and review the trade show and give it a give it a score on the hundred point scale. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the trade show, not the PCA as an organization overall. This is twenty twenty one trade show. Um, well, it wasn't a plus ninety. So on a hundred point scale, what's your score? Your cigar trade show review score for the twenty twenty one PCA trade show. Let's go with Mike. What exactly are we reviewing? If we're not what like what exactly we're reviewing we, the, the, you know. the trade show as a whole, the performance of the trade show, the the uh, the relevancy of the trade show, and we're going to continue that conversation in just a moment. You know, the first the, third, the second third, the first third, third, second, second third, final third, final thoughts, burn performance, construction, the retro hail, retro hail. It felt like a solid 65 to me. A solid 65. OK. All right. That's low. That's, OK. That's a little yeah. low, but that's and, OK. And the reason why I say that is because obviously there weren't a lot of brand new manufacturers there. Uh, the retailers that were there were the standard guys that they're going to do business with anyways. And um, I, st- I still I can never get from the amount of bullshit that's always fed to me. Best show ever, best show ever. But like you know, I like the you know they did e juice like e cig stuff for a minute there with PCA or IPCPR at the time. They tucked those guys in the corner, and they had they spent a ton of money and they lost their ass. Right, those guys they're like this this was like you could tell that they were distraught and upset. They lost a bunch of money. You know they were completely honest with you. Um, you didn't have any of that, you know, everybody's going to say it's the best show ever. And for me, that's just so horrible. It's like, well, would you have sold to all those guys if you didn't come to the trade show? Yeah, no, probably, you know, there wasn't, there's no attract sequence there for new retailers. So you didn't have a lot of new cigars, obviously, because of the circumstances and the situation that's going on with uh, the whole pandemic and stuff. And the fact that we're in a boom. So would you, and then that's another argument too. Would you, would you just because of the boom, would you have sold those cigars, you know? Yeah. So there wasn't anything that was like, Oh wow, that's cool. That's new. That's creative. Oh, look at all these new people. Then like none of that happened. So I can't give it anything but that. Okay. Uh, Matt, what's your, uh, what's your score? <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's in the sixties. It's not a plus, <laughs> not a plus ninety, but I mean, I'll go eighty-two. Okay, because I think that, like, you know, it 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 wasn't a complete stinker, and they were able to put it together in a, in a short amount of time. There's yeah. a lot of things. That, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. Um, much smaller scale show. Uh, I would say that it it wasn't the best show of all time. Um, you know, having said that, you know, it's, they have potential. Um, and I think that they have a short window 
to make some changes on things. And if they don't do that within the next year or two, I, I think yeah, I think that's it. Um, you know, not necessarily meaning like the, that's it. The show's over, but I mean, I think after that, it'll. If they don't make the changes they need to, I mean, it, it is. It's going to drop off dramatically, which will lead to the end of it. Um, but you know, it it happened. People were there. People seemed happy. Very few exceptions. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of major issues that that need to be fixed. Okay. Real quick before we move on to the Nicole, um, Mickey, since you're watching. Out of curiosity, how many new retail partners did you sign up? And while he's typing that, yeah, it's a good, go, good question. We can go to Nicole. I'm going to go with a 72. I'm going to okay. go a little bit lower. Um, I just, again, it was my first trade show, so I have nothing to kind of compare it to. And I'm from a different industry. I've been to other, you know, different industry trade shows. But, you know, there needs to be more, you know, it was small and, you know, you can factor in COVID, but there needs to be more people exhibiting. I feel like in the future, they need to fix that, you know, however they, they, they do that. Um, some of, there was some weird programming. So that first night, you know, like they tried to do that after hours cigar bar, like other nights, like they were yeah, trying that to, was, that was to over cost. and then it switched to happy hour. Like it just, <sighs> Mm -hmm. That stuff I just feel like wasn't necessary. How about going in after hours or like the happy hour thing, middle of the day? Yeah, when people are trying to make yeah. They, so they they made some adjustments on the fly. They realized that they realized that the after hours thing really was was a failure. So they tried to shoehorn it into a midday happy hour. Um, we, we were too busy to do any of the midday yeah. happy hour stuff because we're too busy talking to brand owners. So, and they had to do it because they, I, they had that incentive where people got like drink, like cards with like a hundred dollars for drinks and stuff. So yeah. they had to offer something else so that people could right. use that, which I think is funds. worth mentioning by the way, uh, not to like just kind of change course here, but what a lot of people don't realize about it is. You know, that whole after hour thing was implemented back when the COVID right. restrictions were still in place. Yes. And they didn't know, they didn't, at the time, they didn't think that people were going to be able to go back to the casino yeah. and smoke like they always do. So it was like, well, we're trying to create a place where you guys can hang out and smoke, you know, because you can't go into the casino floor. Obviously, on June 1st, the restrictions yeah. went away and then you could. So it was like, that was still in place because they kind of set it up. And on the first night, it fell apart because no one wanted to be there. Because uh, you know, every manufacturer said, "We're going to we Bar Luca." Yeah, we we spend all day on the floor. Like we don't want to be here anymore. We want to get out. You know, and I, and I get that. You know, no one wants to stay there any longer. You know, and it's yeah. like let's go change the scenery. So, um, that's why I think ultimately that's really why it fell apart. Now, if Bar Luca was not an option to smoke at, you bet your ass everyone would have been at the after hours party because there would have right. been nowhere else to go. Right, and that's that's that was an unfortunate thing that the PCA really didn't have control over. They, they really had to move and, and, and kind of bob and weave and figure that out because the, they signed the contract for that in-house vendor uh, lounge with the bar and the drinks and all that stuff. And the, the following week, I think it was less than a business week later, it was announced that everything was going to be open. So all the bars and lounges and casinos and all that were, were going to be open. And they, it was too late for the PCA. They already signed the contract and they couldn't get out of it. So they had to figure out a way to, to, to still technically give the people the value that they paid for 
mm-hmm. and do the and they tried to shift it into a happy hour thing during the day that really didn't work either it was honestly it was a it was a very unfortunate circumstance <laughs> that the pca i think it, it it was unfortunate and it was kind of a fail but they really it, it, they did the best they could do to try to make you know chicken shit into chicken salad it was, I, I, i'll give them i'll give them props fixed it. yeah i'll give them props for that i mean they they that was one of those things that was you know going into it there was unknowns they did their best to try to give people a very good solution and ultimately yeah i mean beyond their control other things changed and they were already locked in and there's nothing they could do so yeah. like i i get that and their intent was to try and still give people the atmosphere that they were going to want right um but you know it's unfortunate but you know i think in the end people would have rather have gone to the bar anyway you right. know having that option so yeah so uh garrett give uh give your score 75 75 okay see, see. all right so i i actually thought about this before we went live earlier today i was i was working on the uh questions and all this stuff for the for the show tonight and I actually came up with 86. That was the number, and I'm sticking with it. Um, but keep in mind, so the previous trade shows that I have been to was 2016, 17, and 18. And those don't rate a whole lot higher. So 16 is my highest because it was the first one I ever went to when I had you know the big, the big kid Disneyland eyes at my first ever trade show. So uh, 2016, I give a 91, and uh, 2017 and uh, 18, I both give 90s. Um, but I wasn't at the trade show in the you know the the big years when when it was a- absolutely just this Disneyland Monster. theme park for cigar lovers. Um, so. I hear a lot of talk. I think it's I think mostly it's hyperbole that that you hear a lot of people say this I heard this phrase over and over again on the trade show floor and after hours events and I I I think it's just uh over overstated people saying that you know enjoy it cuz it's going to be the last trade show. Do you guys believe there will be a PCA trade show in 2022? Absolutely. I think there will be one. I think there will be at least one more. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying where they have the uh, they have the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, regardless of the other issues, a lot of people are going to look at this trade show as the mulligan because of the whole pandemic situation. Not that that's all the blame, but I think that's it has a lot of weight. But going into next year, regular year, where you you know like things are going to be open unless something dramatically changes again, but um, you know you have the time to plan it as usual. Everyone has full aware, full notice. It's happening. This is what we're doing. Um, like in years past, um, they make the changes they need to make to make next year better. Yeah, it'll continue after that. If they don't, I think it'll continue to steeply decline so i think i think there's at least one more and i think that's really their shot of like okay they're redemption we're back here we made some changes this is what we're doing um and i think that's that's key i think 2022 happens and i think it's crucial that's a crucial show for everyone involved after that 2023 who knows mike what do you think i don't know man 
I don't know. You know, you need a lot of things to work out. You need um, brand owners and manufacturers to come together. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I've never seen that. I'm hoping that that, you know, I'm optimistic about it. I hope that that does happen. Um, you know, but what happened at the end definitely created a wedge, but could fix it too, which is, you know, possible. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. I don't know if you see one next year. I, I hope so. Or I, I hope that you see things going in the right direction, but man, you know, I wanted to go this year specifically for the reason that I want to see it with my own two eyes because yeah. the opinions that you get and the things that you hear in this industry, they're always blurred. Right. And, you know, we never, I don't think anybody's ever a hundred percent honest. I would, would have been more than happy to say, Hey man, you know, this place was packed, you know, everybody crushed. It was amazing. You saw, you saw rallying and come together and, and the whole gamut. But I didn't see that. I didn't yeah. even see one of those things, you know? So, um, not to mention a lot of revenue share was lost this year. Can they sustain that? You know, I don't know. I, like, I don't know their numbers, but it can't be good. It, can't, it cannot be good. After a yeah. whole year missing it, and then this year, I don't know, man. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to go with Gary. Sorry, I don't mean to get dark with you guys. I just, no, you know, it's I just, all, no, it's all good. I, I think just, it's honest. It's a fair assessment. Yeah, it is. It is. Absolutely we got to be honest about it. And I think that that's the biggest part that's missing in this industry when it comes to the brand owners and manufacturers. They're never fucking honest. They're not, you know. And then when you hear, well, what was attendance? Oh, attendance was X. Okay, but what, what, so what's the breakdown for that? Every time you printed a badge? So if I was a retailer and I had 10 people come in, they all count as people, but I'm the one buyer. I don't have 10 buyers, you know. So like that's not a legitimate. If that's how they count, then that's not legit. I'm you know again. I don't know how they count. I don't uh, you know, but it just always seems like bullshit, and that's the sad part. And until that is fixed, you're doomed. You're doomed. So, Garrett, do you think you attended your first and last trade show? I don't. Okay. And while I I recognize that there is a lot of. Uh, clearly there's a lot of things to work on that we've kind of discussed over and over, but I think, you know, what makes the cigar industry unique is, is the relationships Mm -hmm. is the brotherhood and sisterhood um, that, that happens that I did see at the show floor. I did see a lot of um, brand and retail partners um co-mingling and um Ooh, co-mingling they were Ooh. um some snuggling <laughs> and i think that um i think there's a foundation there and i think i think anyone wants to see the PCA fail i don't think anyone wants to see the pca um go away um no you're right 100 correct yeah so i i think that there and I hope and I think that we're going to see some movement um, in this off season 
you know, uh, until next year of, of brands getting together and, and doing their part. Now I will say that I, and I've said this, you know, for over a year now, the PCA needs to decide what hats they're wearing because I think they're wearing too many hats. They need to get more focused on what they need to do to have a successful show. And they either need to offload that, um, um, you know, legal fight to a CRA or some other organization or, or they, they need to double down on it and, um, and, and, and really operate two different entities. Yeah, that's so I'll say that I agree with Matt that I think next year is, is the absolute make or break next year. The 2022 trade show is, is the, is the ultimate make or break for a lot of different reasons. Uh, and, and the PCA, if, if the PCA is better suited being a, um, an advocacy and regulatory, uh, lobbyist legal organization or a trade organization. And where is the money best spent in order to keep the cigar business in the cigar business? And if that means that it's better spent by leaving the big get-together shows to other people and that there's still money going into an organization called the PCA that goes to hire lawyers and researchers to continue fighting the FDA... So be it. But I agree that next year is uh, is make or break. And it's not like when the trade show happens. It's everything between now and when the trade show happens. That's good. Because I have a feeling even if we we go from today until the announcements come up out about the dates for PCA 2022 and all that stuff, we will know before the trade show even happens in 2022 if the 2022 trade show is going to be the last one that ever happens because of all the things leading up to it whether the big four come back whether the other 41 companies come back whether all that stuff it's good there's going to be a dozen or dozens of different factors that go between now and then that will tell us whether or not that's going to be the last pca trade show as we have known the trade show to be so um Really briefly, before we get into Numero de los Muertos, we'll, let's just briefly touch on the irrelevant controversy. Briefly. So, uh, <laughs> for those who don't know, uh, at the end of the trade show, the very end of the trade show, we were actually in the Rocky Patel booth for quite a while. Um, we were we we got some connections in there, and we got Rocky on our schedule to do a, uh, an interview during the last day of the trade show. And, you know, the, you guys know how sometimes it goes that somebody says to you, I'll only be another minute. I'll only be another five minutes. I'll only be another 10 minutes. And the next thing you know, it's 90 minutes later and you're still waiting for this person. And so we were told by one of the reps in the Rocky booth, Rocky just stepped out. He's going around the trade show floor and they're gathering together a bunch of manufacturers to come over to the front of the trade show and get a big picture with a bunch of people. So they did that. And it was about a half hour later, all these manufacturers come walking around the corner and, and 
they they all get in this big line and get a picture and i was fortunate enough to get the camera turned on quickly and go live with a bunch of these people and um rocky made the comment not only himself but he when he had all these people gathered together rocky said and i'm i'm just quoting him he said if you're not here you're not relevant and he was saying this to people who didn't attend the trade show and i he didn't specify whether he was talking about other manufacturers retailers uh media who he didn't specify he just said if you're not here you're not relevant and he not only said that himself he encouraged everybody who was in that photograph all these brand owners to at the same time of day go on their social media platform and post a copy of that picture with that comment with the same comment where everybody would be saying that same comment if you're not here you're not relevant um and that of course sparked a massive firestorm what yeah yeah oh uh and uh, so mike what tell us about your shirt tell us about your shirt well first of all i want to tell you that so i made this shirt today in a rush and i had i only had one xl sit, so, sit up a little bit and show that show well, that off for us for anybody i misspelled it and i didn't even say anything when i was coming on but it's definitely misspelled but it's irrelevant you know Irre irrelevant Irrelevant. irrelevant yeah oh i didn't even notice you know. before that it was misspelled yeah well because you know your mind's gonna train you to fix it right yeah i was like screw it i'm gonna wear it anyways you know i don't have that kind of time to fix it so we're, just, we're rolling through and i didn't have any more xl shirts so um but yeah so i for one I, I don't even know where i qualify in that statement because i was there as a retailer but i wasn't there as a brand owner manufacturer so am i relevant or am i irrelevant i mean who knows I mean, who do i speak to about that to get clarification you know um I will say this, you know, I don't know what Rocky was thinking when he made the statement. Uh, I, you know, I, I, and as an attorney, you think that he'd use, choose the right words. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Um, but the reality is that conflict can breed resolution, right? And to piss everybody off all at the same time, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, as long as people realize that the statement that was made was a clear misstep. You know, there's an, an overreach. You don't know everybody's circumstances. You don't know why people were there and why people weren't there. You know, you don't know who supports PCA, who doesn't support PCA, whether they have a booth or not. And, you know, I mean, I don't really, I haven't really had, I've been in the industry for 12 years. I've probably had two conversations with Pete Johnson, you know, within that, over that decade. Right. But I, I got to give him kudos for, he makes a statement, you know, he realizes what's going on. He kind of he, he, he takes it all in. He understands, and and then he goes back out and says, "You know what? You know, I, I I apologize for saying what I said. That isn't what I what I wanted to project, and I want everybody to come together. So you know, um, kudos him for, for for pulling that off. With you know, for for saying that, and I think that that's the real reality of, of you know, we we need to put all the bullshit aside here. We need to put the lies and 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 the garbage that is that's constantly been going on in this industry egos to check them and come up with a real resolve. You know, I think that, um, and if that, that conversation is sparked out of that, out of what had happened, great. Um, if that converse, if the, if that statement drives a bigger wedge, then, you know, you just wrote a death sentence to the PCA. So, 
Uh, I'm hoping, obviously, for the former, not the latter. Yeah. And um, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't know what the thought was uh, there, but you know, I don't, I don't think there was a lot of thought that went into it. And and I, I want to clarify also that, to the best of my knowledge, everything that I saw and heard from that group that got together and and were going around gathering people from the show floor, that was that was nothing that was. As far as I know, not only did the PCA not endorse that comment, they didn't even know that that they weren't even a part of gathering all the people together for the picture. So this was right. not something that was driven by the PCA as an organization or anyone who works directly for the PCA. This was the 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 gathering together was an, a few different manufacturers that then turned into a lot. The comment itself was made by one person and was echoed by others. Also like like you said, Pete put that comment on his social media and then after a little while realized, okay, this is probably a really poor choice of words. Right. And, I mean, and, and he, he took it back and he apologized. And, and I know a couple other people, as far as I know, a couple other people apologized for it as well. I, I haven't spoken to Rocky since then. Uh, I don't know where his stand on it is today, but... Uh, I, we would love to have that conversation with him and, and clarify things. Right. You know, the reality is the PCA needs to cater to the brand owners manufacturers and they need to cater to the consumers, right? You need to have consumers come in. You have to have new people come in. If not the brand owners and manufacturers, you're not helping the people who you're trying to service. If you can't successfully service those people, then you know, you're a failed business. It's just that what nonprofit organization or not, it's still a failed practice. So those things, you know, addressing what makes everything right for your brand owners, your manufacturers, your consumers are really what needs to happen. If you break it down on a simple binary level, you need to bring more people in, you need to entice them for coming in, you need to make sure that uh, you know the, that the juice is worth the squeeze for your brand owners, um, and you know I think that the bigger problem with that is that you know the band played on as 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 the Titanic kind of goes down. You still constantly hear, "Oh, it's just so, it was so amazing! It's just so amazing!" Yeah. You sold too much, and I'm like, "Stop, man! You would have sold it whether they you were here or not." You know. So, did we ever hear back from how many new customers? Uh, Mickey got? Uh, no, no, he did no. not. Okay. Um, uh, Matt and Nicole, what's your thoughts on the whole kerfuffle at the end of the trade show? There, we we witnessed it too. We happened to just be wrapping up an interview at the Fuente booth, and it it happened right in front of it, and people were coming over. Not a lot of people knew they were just getting together for a photo. Most yeah. of them, most of them didn't even know about the comment. You know, that was kind of after the photo was taken. <laughs> um, and a lot of people didn't echo it afterward. Um, a lot of people changed their post and removed the comment. And yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, I think people going into it were like, oh, we're taking a photo together, all the manufacturers. That's cool. That's great. Right. Yeah. Right. Then it was, uh, you know, some things were said and I think people had this thought process of, Oh, well this is probably just, sorry, I dropped something. Uh, this is just about the big four. I think there's a lot of people that thought maybe it's they, or maybe they assumed, Oh, this is about the big four not coming and all the yeah. stuff that's sort of that. 
And I think what a lot of people maybe didn't realize was, well, there's a lot of people other than the big four who didn't come. And it's a very vague statement and people might take offense at that. And, you know, uh, whether or not it was the right thing to do. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily right to call anybody out. Um, Cause I mean, again, we saw what happened and uh, that, and that's what you're going to get regardless of who it's towards or how you say it. You're going to, you're going to offend people, you know, like John from the Florida Dominicana, you know, Carney was kind of like, yeah, I mean, we weren't there. And you know, like, I had people blowing up my phone about it and tell me, like, oh, because you're not relevant because, you know, Florida Dominicana didn't exhibit. And it's like, well, we didn't go because of like a business decision. And, like yeah. we didn't, we didn't, you know, does that make us not relevant? Cause we're trying to keep our, we're just trying to keep our brand afloat right now during like this rocky, like 18 month span in the business with the pandemic. Like, so now I'm just not relevant. Um, you know, I don't know, like Joe Grow from Drew Estate, who's yeah. from the big four, made a post and uh, which arguably, I mean, I understand how he feels. It's not like on his, it's not his fault or anything. He works for Drew Estate and Swisher International, but it's not like it's his fault. And he made a post being like, oh, so I guess I'm just not relevant because I wasn't at the trade show. Yeah. And it's like, so you, you have people who even work for those companies. It's not their decision or their, it's beyond their control. And it's almost like that message can be taken very personally to individuals who maybe didn't have a choice. Maybe, you know, maybe Joe Grow wanted to be at the trade show to, to, to work and be part right. of Drew Estate and all that. But right. Drew Estate said, we're not going. So now people get together and they make this comment and people like him are like, I'm not relevant because like my company said, hey, we're not going to the trade show. Yeah. So You know what I mean? So like, I don't think it was maybe the right thing to do. And it shouldn't have been said. If you had something to say at someone specific, maybe be specific if you're going to throw those comments around yeah. uh, and, well, and choose and how you say than, it. More than just, more than just, throwing comments like that around and poorly choosing words and and the way that you say it but when it's a comment that's as inflammatory as that is and not only saying it yourself but almost in a in in a in a evangelistic sort of way encouraging everybody else to repeat the same mantra that's that's the part that kind of really was it, it it upset me you know if you're if you say whatever the hell you want to say you you can say whatever you want but encouraging everybody else to spew the same poorly thought out phrase really got under my skin and and i i would be happy to tell rocky that to his face i mean when he even said that he so we interviewed him after right after that, that photo op happened and he said the phrase again during our interview. And I'm standing there holding the microphone and I just kind of do this uncomfortable laugh after he said it. I was like, oh, right. he just said it again. He said it again. <laughs> I was like, he, okay. So, and that, that was the end of the interview pretty much. But because they literally were turning the lights off and tearing down tables in the middle of our interview. Um, but it was, uh, I, I definitely want so much to, get Rocky on the show and talk to him and find out about, you know, all of it. I just wanted, I want to decipher it and see, you know, see what's going on with that. Um, so let's, uh, is it? I think so. I think it's, is it? I think it's time. It is time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. 
And as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to you by Smoke In. Here we go with Numero de los Muertos. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Super specific. Twelve people died in 2018 here and from this. So- <laughs> He beat you to it, Skip. <laughs> Is that it? It would be really ironic. If that oh, yeah, it. no. Definitely. No. So 12 wow. people in the year 2018. Yes. Here. So is it in the U.S.? Is it- so we need to figure out where okay. and oh, how. Oh, so we need a location and a cause of death. Yes. So as uh, as always, all of us here on the show, Nicole, Matt, Mike, we all, and me, we all get to do guesses, uh, 20 questions. We can ask yes, no questions, and our viewers is, can chime in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not heat stroke. Uh, it is not. Is it in the in United States? It is in the U.S. Is it, is a, it in, is is it it in one of those? Go ahead. It is not a city. Is it a I sickness? Mean, yeah, is it a sickness? It's not a sickness. Okay. Is it located in one of the regions that we're from? Smoking yeah. tobacco. Okay. Is it smoking tobaccos? Or is it mine? Is it Florida? No. It is smoking tobaccos. Backyard. Okay. So is it lobster related? It is not lobster related. Lobster. Right. No. All right. So it's in our area, 2018. What's happening? Not an illness. Not an illness. Uh, was it people jumping off of uh, the Tobin Bridge? It is not bridge mm-hmm. jumping. Mm-hmm. Is it suicide related? It is not. All right, so it's not sickness. It's not suicide. Workplace accidents? It is not. Is it, is it, is it accidental at all? Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's an accidental death. That's not sickness. It's not suicide. It's accidental. Does it mainly happen when people are on vacation? No. Does it involve boats? It does not. Does it involve snow? It does not. Okay. So it's not snowstorms. It's not it's not water. Does it involve machinery? It does not. Does it involve okay. food? No. Does it involve a high level of attendance? <laughs> no. Does it involve involve irrelevancy? <laughs> <laughs> does it involve sex toys? Oh, no, that wouldn't be. I mean, maybe it's Northeastern related, I guess. <laughs> well, no, that's just the place, but not true. I feel so, like it's too small of a number to be like, it's not boating accidents, not alligators, not dying of laughter. What's not, not drugs? 
What happened? In- uh, it could be. Uh, okay. Oh. Is it bath salts? No. No. No, we're not like a bath salt. Region. No. Is it That's ketamine? <laughs> no. 12 people die. Is it oxy? So, can, can, you, can you just read it off again? Just so mm-hmm. I can have a 12 people died in 2018 from this in in the boston area in, in the, the boston, boston area. area okay so we know it's the boston area 28 what happened in boston 18. in 2018 is it oh. red sox won the world series tide pods nope not tide pods was it riots after a sporting event nope is well you said it was drug related oh drug you said it was you said it was drug related that could mean a lot of things though yeah that's very it's still very broad um magic mushrooms and what? it's not so it's not all drugs, but sometimes drugs w- were involved. Does it happen Comedy. in bars? What's that, Mike? Does it happen in bars? Um, no, not I don't believe so. Okay. Is it involving in a, the addition of alcohol with it? That also plays a part. Yes. Skip says vaping. It is not vaping. It's not vaping. So Quentin is getting closer. Oh, okay. He says alcohol overdose. So that's close. Yep. Um. Um. Uh, is it misspelled shirts? It's definitely misspelled shirts. <laughs> now you guys picked up on it. Now. It's... So it involves alcohol and drugs. It's accidental. So it's most likely some sort of overdose. Is it GHB? No. Is it is, is it choking while shotgunning a beer? Ooh. No. Is it an action that goes along with the alcohol and drugs? Yes. Okay. Well, so uh, here I will say it's how alcohol and drugs are delivered. Oh. Snorting? No. Injection? No. Drinking. Anally? Anally. Anally. So people who anally ingest um, maybe Coke or pills with the mixture of alcohol to make it, you know, they dissolve it in the alcohol and they anally ingest it. An enema? Death by enema? So it's called boofing. (laughs) (laughs) There's a name. We shouldn't be laughing. There's a term for it? So... I'll, I'll tell you the how. and it don't, is, don't tell me the how, please. So, did you guys know about alcohol tampons? No. No. I didn't you, so, you soak alcohol in the tampon and you put yep. it in and you just absorb it and then throw it up there. And apparently, you get intoxicated within minutes. Right. The bloodstream. Yeah. Your stomach doesn't break down any of the sugars or any of the other things. And it's almost immediate. Uh, absorption well your liver doesn't have a, have the ability to process and slow Correct. down either that's yeah. true <laughs> boothing booth is it boothing or boofing <laughs> booth oh with an f. f it's still still both of them apply to him they so, both I mean, still apply <laughs> that gives a whole new term to it's boofy baby that gets yeah. a whole it, it, so now who thought you're saying? killing people <laughs> So he, where, as, as he would say, he's enchanted by this conversation. He is enchanted. 
Jeez. I'm enchanted by this, Garrett. Please tell me more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where in Boston? Oh, is there a specific mm-hmm. Me- methadone mile? No. <laughs> We're in Boston. Um, Lynn. No. Is it, like, is, wait, hold on, hold on. Is let, it let, a place or like a city or town? It's a place. It's oh, a it's, place. Oh. And can I ask this question? Is it specific to the actual city limits of Boston or the Boston area? Um, or both, I mean. That's a good question. I would like I to, think does, Quentin for the win. Oh. BU. It's at BU. Wow. Story checks out. Ah, so it's a college girl thing. So so 12 college girls died. 18. It was 18. actually half and half. It was about half and half. Oh, some dudes? Yeah. Put Can it you up imagine there. that conversation? Oh, delivering so it's it's... Yeah, delivering, delivering oh. that news to the parents. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, so it's like you you have to make that call. Be like, yeah, your your kid who was smart enough to get into BU, right, <laughs> was dumb enough to say, let's take a... a a, a vodka a vodka tampon and shove it up my ass. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a great time. Hey, yeah, play, play stupid games, win stupid, win stupid prizes. prizes. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's not like it's like it's sad because people die, but at the same time, it's also like I mean, it's yeah, it's who, a little... who, who thought of that? I mean, yeah, who's the first person? You have to picture like uh, some some random person all of a sudden is like, hey, wait, if I if I soak this tampon in bourbon and shove it up my hoo ha, I'll get super. So, and then they told fast. someone else about it. So, and to be fair, else, yeah. So, to be <laughs> fair, on the Howard Stern show, I don't know if any of you guys listen. It's I know you guys probably years, all know. It's been years since yeah, I watched but, Howard Stern. So, recently, in the last few years, Howard Stern had uh, Richard Christie, for those who don't know, who's one of the, the cast or the, the staff members, rather, of the Howard Stern Show, uh, who does a lot of weird things, um, plays with his sexuality a lot. Uh, on an episode, he actually had a funnel put in his asshole, and they poured wine in there. And he was trying, and the, 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 the goal was could he taste the wine through his asshole? So, I mean, maybe that's where the idea came from. Oh, we'll just put it right in the ass. Well, Quentin says he's been doing it for 20 years, so. <laughs> maybe, is it a good maybe, time, Quentin? Maybe that's how some cigar reviewers do it. Yeah, Steve O did it too in Jackass. He had the butt chug funnel with the with the with the beer. That was that too. Jeez. Oh, good times. The retro is great. The, the retro on this one is just <laughs> awesome. For, for this review, three cigars were smoked orally and one was smoked orally. <laughs> And the flavor changes were dramatic between the two experiences. Um, orally, they got a lot of pepper, a lot of chocolate up front, and it mellowed down to a nice sweet pear. Uh, anally, I got a lot of, a lot of heat, a lot of, a lot of, a uh, lot of pepper, a lot of cayenne pepper, and then it kind of mellowed down into like this curry sensation. <laughs> but the final third was a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> for this review we smoked the six by 60 um oh. anally and the uh the uh we we did the lancero orally to keep it light so um <laughs> and that's how you end the show we set we set trends here on how about that cigar that's what we do it's true so that was this week's
Número de los Muertos. That is never... That's, that will be the best Numero de los Muertos of all time. Skip Martin, next week on Developing Sphincter. <laughs> <laughs> can we get... Is there, an, is there an award we could give to Skip Martin for like best comment of the show? That one takes cake. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, so we're uh, because it's it's been a really long show. We're not going to do our lightning round, but we are going to do notable smokables because we have a lovely, wonderful, fantastic sponsor for that segment. And as always, guys, notable smokables is brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. So each week we do a we name we each name a cigar that we smoked recently that was notable to us. It could be something that's been on the market for many years that we just revisited for the first time in a while, or it could be a cigar that's brand new to the market that we tried for the first time. Uh, so Mike, is there something you've tried re recently that kind of fits that criteria? Well, it kind of fits Ace that it's that La Pires or whatever they called it. La Patissier. There you go, thank you. That's a good <laughs> stick, man. It had a good, you know, great flavor. I know that they were a little premature at the show, <clears throat> but kind of looking even with that, it still tasted really, really well. So, yeah, they were looking to see how they, how they kind of dry out and see how that formulates. But just with what I smoked at that time, I was like, okay, you know, yep. this is impressive. Nice, uh, Nicole. Did you have something recently that fits that bill? I'm gonna go with what I mentioned earlier on in the show, which is the um, the Fiat. The, I, I can't say it. The, the Fiat, Fiat Lux. I just I'm trying to make it fancier than it is. <laughs> I feel like, but I had notes of peanut butter in that cigar. Oh, nice, nice. Which too. was interesting, um, and someone else had said the same thing, but it was that hit me good when I smoked it. So, uh, Matt, what about you? Hustler Five and Dime from Seven Twenty Four. Okay. Oh yeah, fucking great cigar. Yeah, haven't uh... job well done to Kurt. Okay. Yeah, I haven't um, it yet, but excited to try it. The thing that I got, and it's funny because I said this to Nicole. This isn't like I just came up with this now. Um, so I'm a big fan of the. You guys ever had the Godiva like chocolate biscuits? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, the milk chocolate ones. I remember smoking that cigar, and it was it was chocolatey. It was sweet. It was great. And I just remember like. I was like, oh my god, this is like those Godiva biscuits. It's got the chocolate, and it's got like the, it's got that crust to it. It's just, mm, it's good. No one blew nice. me away. Uh, Garrett, what was yours this week? Um, I'm seriously not fanboying out with the hat and the cigar. He, he totally is, no, but he's going not. to anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the tirade by dissident. Yep, by dissident. Um, I just had it in it. You guys, it's fan fucking tastic. So flavorful. Yep, good cigar. Um, so while we we were in Vegas, uh, we of course had to go to the uh, mandatory stop at Casa Fuente. Oh, and uh, I grabbed one of the the Casa Fuente Corona Gordas, and I grabbed two of them actually. Uh, smoked one there. Uh, at Casa Fuente, brought the other one home with me. Uh, and it's just, it's a, such a beautiful 
cigar yep. uh in that size that's my everybody knows that size is my jam uh five and five eighths by 46 and that's it's just a a great little great little cigar so if you guys ever get out to uh vegas stop by casa fuente pick up one of those uh so that was this week's notable smokables brought to you by ace prime improving lives through fine cigars visit aceprime.com to learn more so for our viewers and listeners thanks so much for watching this evening and listening on the audio podcast after the fact to give you guys a little idea of some stuff we have coming up in the near future next monday night we are going to have the second installment of the cigar industry hive mind with charlie minato from half wheel john mctavish from developing pallets Honest Abe DeBabna from Smoke In and Skip Martin from Roma Craft Tobacco. We did this show last year and it was an absolute riot and we're going to do it again next Monday. And then coming up not too long from now on Monday, August 9th, we have Juan Martinez from Hoya de Nicaragua Cigars. So uh, for Matt and Nicole, give us a quick idea. Where's the best place for people to keep up with smoking tobacco and uh, somebody you maybe have coming on the show soon? Uh, so actually this week on Thursday at 7 p.m. EST, we have Terrence Riley from Aganor Salif. Nice. Um, he will be on. Um, for those of you who want to watch, we go live on both um, Facebook.com slash Smoking Tobacco, YouTube.com slash Smoking Tobacco, and then um, it's posted to all the podcast networks after the fact. Um, and then we also have our website, which everything is posted on as well. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, and Mike, uh, what do you guys have coming up on the podcast and, uh, let people also know where they can find your, uh, retail shop online, uh, retail shop, cigarhouse.com, uh, upcoming for the podcast is just going to be the, the ever so eloquent Mike Palmer and myself, uh, just catching up and talking about industry stuff, you know, as normal, we generally don't have a lot of guests. We, when we have them, they, we like to do in person events only so we kind of spaced that out um obviously it's not the easiest thing especially with the pandemic for the past year so but um yes cigarhuster.com cigar hustlers podcast we're on spotify podbean uh youtube all of it so nice myspace myspace (laughs) never forget never forget never forget forget. yeah don't forget about tom he was good to us (laughs) He was good to us. He was not anti-tobacco. Yeah, he let us do whatever we wanted with our with our pages. I had great music there. I had great music. The the, the page theme, the the music. When you got to that page, you got to pick whatever song you wanted, and you clicked on that profile, and you know whatever came on before his time. It was before his time. Yeah. Yep. way ahead of its time well i want to thank all of you guys so much for being on episode 118 of how about that cigar live and uh it's it's been a long show but we, we i think we really had a great conversation broke down a lot of different ideas about pca and uh look forward to having you guys on the show again uh all of you and uh you know talking again soon and hopefully again being being somewhere where we can be together and uh, uh sit down with some cigars and beverages and uh just hang out so thank you so much and you got to make Weasel Fest next year. You have to. Without question. Weasel, Fest, Weasel Fest is absolutely, absolutely yeah. on our uh, and I And I still want to radar. do that, Mike. So if we do PCA uh, again next year, if there is a PCA next year, and you're, I want to bring you around the show floor and do that thing where we interview people and ask them to pronounce your last name. <laughs> Done. On the spot. Dude. Done. So fun. 
Absolutely. I'm in. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for having us on too. And we appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a great show and thanks for all the, all the great thoughts about the show. Uh, It was great seeing you guys and uh, hopefully we can see you again soon Uh, for our viewers and listeners. uh, As always guys, we're just beyond grateful for you for being the best part of how about that cigar. If you ever have questions for Garrett or myself, please email us right from the website. How about that cigar.com. Follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And until we see you next time, burn cigars, not bridges. See you guys. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.